There's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any NBA playoff game. If either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use code CAPITAL200 when you make your first bet. Sign up now and discover BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CAPITAL200 to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three in any NBA playoff game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Help Jews in poverty at helpjewsnow.org. Your $25 gift today will help provide a life-saving food box to Jews in need. Be a blessing right now. Visit helpjewsnow.org. That's helpjewsnow.org. I think the development of full artificial intelligence will spell the end of the human race. It's a flying object, and we don't know what it is. I would hope somebody is checking it out. I'm glad the Pentagon is looking at this, because if it poses a threat, I want them on top. Well, the craft generates its own gravitational field. The internet has become the command center for criminals and terrorists. That's that's what we're instructed to say. Roswell, Area 51, alien kept deep under the ground. Also have troubled minds. 
What's up, guys? It is Tuesday night, and that's one of the nights we get together and talk about all the things we're not allowed to talk about. Monday through Thursday, 7 p.m. Pacific. And what are those things we're not allowed to talk about? You know what they are. Aliens, conspiracy, the paranormal, the government, academia, the 24-hour news cycle, propaganda, and the general feeling that we live in the Upside Down. This show is always live. It'll always be live. And we are streaming live on Periscope, YouTube, Facebook, and DLive. We are broadcasting live on the Fringe FM, and we are taking your phone calls. You can reach us at, as simple as this, dial this number. This is a Las Vegas area code, 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. You can go to the official website, troubledminds.org, that has all the things you need. The podcast is there for all the different platforms. uh, uh, Everything's there. The YouTube channels are there. The social media links are there. The Twitter feed is there. Everything is there, troubledminds.org. You can find the phone number right at the top of the the page there, along with the Discord link. Now, what is Discord, you say? Since we have a 702 area code, because since we're streaming from Las Vegas, of course, we have people listening all over the world. And if you'd like to be part of the show, Discord allows us to do that without any kind of shenanigans or long-distance charges or any of the rest of that. So if you click the Discord link, Discord is a chat client and a voice client. And uh, like I said, I always say the youngsters use it to play video games and communicate with each other but it has become much greater than that discord's a fantastic program and best of all it is free it is free so you can actually be on the show uh, internationally and uh, do it that way so troubledminds.org click the discord link get your ass in here if you are not part of that we also have another discord running for the fringe fm fringe.fm slash chat get in there i'm trying to watch them all we're streaming on all these things all these places and i'm trying to watch all of it and uh, so if you're uh, in any of those places, I'm, I'm going to be able to read your chat, and we'll read that as we go tonight and uh, try and incorporate your thoughts into the show. That's the whole idea of kind of doing this uh, in a live format. Like I said, with all the, I always say with all the uh, ums and ahs and awkward pauses and things that happen because it's live, right? With my dog barking in the back, for instance, uh, things like this happen. It's just the way it goes. But uh, I'll, I'll take all those warts and uh, bumps and bruises and uh, imperfections as part of this uh, because we get to include you guys in the, the conversation. It's way, way more valuable than sounding like a robot editing out every um or ah or, you know, imperfect thing I say. So there you go. One more time, 702-957-1037, troubledminds.org. Click the Discord link and uh, get in here. Come say hi. Come meet lots of good people. And uh, that's that's that. So, so, you know, as usual, I'm going through the news and I'm trying to figure out, sometimes feverishly, sometimes it's like, oh, geez, what am I going to talk about today? Ah, right. Time's running out. What am I going to do? And uh, we had a, an actual uh, fantastic uh, recommendation from Robert. What's up, Robert Arend? I see you out there. Thanks for showing up. Uh, this guy right there. What's up, Robert? Uh, who who recommended a show idea in Discord a few days back. And not only is it uh, fresh and relevant because there's information that's that's just now coming out from the Australian government regarding UFOs and regarding, you know, uh, some, you know, kind of a FOIA type situation. I don't know if it was like a, you know, what the Australian FOIA system is like, the Freedom of Information 
Information Act, FOIA is what we call it here in the United States. But apparently uh, something, either the government decided to release these files or it was uh, kind of crowbarred out through a FOIA-like system. Again, I'm not familiar with exactly how that works in Australia because, well, I'm not Australian. But in any case, it, the... The, these uh, these actual new UFO files have leaked out, and I, I tried to do a show on this last week, actually, because this is all brand new. This is all just happening. But I couldn't actually get the files off of the website. There was some kind of, um, with the Australian website going on with, uh, I don't know, it was weird. It was like I, I could get the PDFs, but they were blank. Uh, you couldn't download them, and then you could only view them. And then viewing them, you were not able to uh, see anything. It was kind of like... I don't know. So I, so I was like, okay, this is, this, this is not good. So I'm not going to talk about this. And that was, if you guys remember, the cat aliens, right? There were actually some files in there about cat aliens. So uh, I uh, was like, okay, I'm not going to touch that. I'm not going to do that. But apparently uh, we have some people that were able to get the information out from the, uh, the government there, from the Australian government. And so as a result, uh, we're going to, uh, to be able to talk about some of this tonight. So uh, thank you again, Robert, for uh, pointing out the, the topic for the evening. And uh, I'm glad that we were able to actually find find information uh, from from somebody who was able to get this information out because, uh, like I said, I, I came up blank. It was lit- literally a funny funny saying it that way. I came up blank because the PDFs were blank. It's like talk about redacted, right? It's like, oh well, let's just redact the entire thing. That's how you do it. <laughs> it's like, oh, by the way, all this great stuff has been released, and uh, yeah, no, uh, no, I couldn't find any of it. So in any case, that's not what a release actually looks like. But okay, so. So as we're going tonight, that's what we're doing. We're, t- we're talking about this little thing called called the close encounter of a sixth kind, right? Now, uh, this is, of course, on the scale uh, created by J. Allen Hynek, who was a, 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 of Project Blue Book fame. He worked, he was an astronomer and a... Uh, what was he? A, a, a scientist, of course. I'm not sure exactly what uh, science credentials he had. We'll get to that shortly. It's in, in some of these documents I have. But uh, he famously created the close encounters of the first kind, second kind, right? That whole scale and what that stuff means regarding um, extraterrestrials, right? Regarding aliens and contact with humans and this type of thing. And the thing that's gotten the most press recently, in uh, you know, probably the last even couple years has been something called CE6, right? That's Close Encounters of the Sixth Kind. And what that means is, actually, let's pull it up straight from the document here. And this has been made uh, actually famous by by uh, Dr. Stephen Greer. And he's been the one that's been reaching out to communicate with the entities, whatever they are, right? So it's been like a human-initiated contact. But here we go. Here's the Close Encounter of the fifth kind, CE5, which we're not talking about tonight. This is the one that's been made famous recently, the one everybody's talking about. We're talking about CE6, which we'll get to in just a sec. So a close encounter of the fifth kind is one where communication takes place between humans and extraterrestrial intelligence. This includes the much-reported telepathic communication and in the the uh the actual um you know the app and all this all the disclosure movement of dr stephen greer uh he's he says that it's a human initiated contact with some sort of meditation ritual sort of situation sort of situation where uh the you you call to them and then they they show up they show up in the sky right lights in the sky sort of situation right so that's ce5 and that's what's been getting a ton a ton a ton of press uh, recently in UFO circles because some people claim they can do it, right? Not just Stephen Greer. I think Demi Lo- 
Lovato has said that she can do it, and a bunch of other things. So it's it's uh, it's just a little bit strange to me that in particular we've talked about that how I'm just a little suspicious of yeah you know let's say <laughs> through ritual summoning things you don't understand. <laughs> it's I I think probably right. It's, uh, anyway, anyway, I, I digress, but that's where I have some reservations there. I mean, you know, there's tons of things people don't understand, and I'm not saying to be afraid of things you don't understand, but summoning them, summoning them through ritual, well, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. All right, so then, so that's not what we're talking about tonight. We're not even talking about that. I mean, if you want to, fine, but we're not really talking about that. What we are talking about is a close encounter of the sixth kind. And the reason is because it's back in the news because of these uh, UFO, uh, the Australia government UFO information that's been released. So we'll get to that in just a second. Again, this is a, a link from Robert. And uh, thank you, Robert, for pointing this out. I didn't actually know that uh, some other people have, were able to access that website from the Australian government. But anyway, so a close encounter of the sixth kind is this. When a death of a human or an animal, including cattle mutilations, has resulted during or because of a UFO event. Now, of course, what that means is, right, right like very much like the, the Hollywood stories of when UFOs attack, right? Things like this. Uh, the, the threat narrative, which I've been actually very, very, uh, very hotly contesting uh, the threat narratives of, you know, the disclosure, basically, with, uh, 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 what's his name? Um, Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon and these guys. <clears throat> Some of their... Pardon me. Some of their actual, actual uh, uh, disclosure, let's say, the information they're getting out seems very thinly veiled with uh, this threat mechanism, right? That these, the whatever these things are, the entities, the lights in the sky, the UFOs, they seem to be a threat, right? Now, like I said, I've kind of pushed back on that because it's very easily uh, one of those things that pe- some people. I haven't said this directly, but it does. It does kind of sit in the periphery of my thought here, that if you can uh, actually convince the world that UFOs are a threat, you can boost uh, military spending for things like Space Force, right? So, so that in particular is. Um, you know, uh, uh, again, a thought on the periphery. Uh, I, it's not something that I'm like, okay, I don't think that's the goal behind this because, like I said, the Pentagon does find getting trillions in budget for all kinds of nonsense, right? So I, so it's not, not, I don't know, like the military-industrial complex just is out of control running things kind of anyway. So I just don't see how, I mean, maybe like icing on their cake sort of situation. To, if you can sell the threat narrative, then you can get better funding, right? So that's kind of the idea, right? But I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. I don't buy that. But if you do say there's some sort of threat narrative, like I've said before, we kind of had a, a fun uh, tongue-in-cheek show not too long back that was, you know, what happens if there is an alien invasion, right? And we talked about how, you know, humanity might be able to fight back or this or that or the other thing. Just kind of, you know, speculation, conspiracy speculation theater, as I called it. But uh, tonight, instead of that, it's, it's kind of in those same lines with that threat narrative. But there are actually some historical incidents and references we can cite from uh, even from government documents that suggest this stuff is true, 
where UFOs have attacked people, right? They have attacked uh, with, through different means, right? Uh, microwaves, lasers, things like this, right? The heat rays, like things you would expect to read in like a 1950s comic book, which is odd, which is strange, which is, right? It's like one of those, wait, what? UFOs attacking people, right? Uh, and so that in particular is kind of what's on deck tonight. And uh, let's go to this. Let's go to this article here, which is again from, um, this is from unknownboundaries.com. And again, this was shared by Robert Arend. Thank you again, Robert. I appreciate uh, appreciate you help, helping me out create these shows and put things together with information I haven't seen or heard yet. So there we go. Good stuff. Uh, so there it is. Um, I'm linking it in the chats and you guys can follow along if you prefer. As always, I, 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 uh, I need you to see my sources so you see that I'm not making this stuff up. Even though the, these, these sources may be bunk or you know, whatever, right? That may be propaganda or BS or whatever you want to call it. It's still, it's a source, right? And some people are saying this, and that's what we talk about on this show. Like, people are saying this, so let's uh, at least consider the possibility and talk about it. So here we go. Now, this is, a, again, this is a posted July 10th. So this is a ver- very, very recent. What is today? I don't even know what today is. Today is July 13th, so just a few days ago. And and this is a breaking news. When UFOs attack, documented cases of hostile alien encounters, and I think that's a link to an Amazon book there. Uh, here we go. So a recently discovered declassified Australian report analyzes 1,000 UFO encounters of the third kind to understand the kinds of weapons being used against humans and their animals by these visitors, and if they are being used defensively or without provocation. Uh, the reports of UFO landing and near landings were compiled by the renowned ufologist and physicist Jacques Vallée, which everybody knows the guy if you're into ufology, the guy with the white hair. He actually worked uh, famously uh, with Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who was uh, the, the, the main scientist in Project Blue Book, okay? So he's, uh, he's been in UF, UF, uh, the UF, UFO field, I'm trying to say it, ufology, right? If you say ufology, uh, you get skewered, right? Ufology. In, the, in, in, that, in that field. Anyway, he's been into UFOs, let's say, and uh, for a very long time, and he's been studying these things, and he's a well-respected expert in the field, all right? So, uh, that's, so that would be Jacques Vallée, who worked with the late and honorable Professor Hynek. So Hynek acted as a scientific advisor to UFO studies undertaken by the U.S. Air Force under two projects. Of course, we know this. This is Project Sign and Project Blue Book, back to the 60s. All right, now, Interestingly, from some of this information, now this is again from the Australian government and some of the documents, and if you scroll down, you can see there's actual documents here that they're citing and uh, different actual uh, UFO cases, which, are, which is pretty cool. This is uh, you know, very much like you would expect a, uh, if there was a Project Blue Book Australian style, uh, this is kind of what you would expect it to look like. So, uh, so hopefully this is kind of, hopefully there's some validity to this and it's not just you know, some propaganda BS. But in any case, so they, they actually determined going through these thousand cases in the Australian UFO release here that uh, there's, there's actual weapons that are being used by these actual flying saucers or UFOs or UAPs or whatever you want to call them, right? Whatever the heck you want to call these things, they were, there's, there's actually been cases where they attack people, all right? Like, again, attack of the killer UFOs, right? Like a bad 50s comic book. But here it is. Here's a, a, few, a few different things, right? Uh, number one, a device to interfere with electrical circuits, All right. There's number one. Number two, a device to induce paralysis. 
Interesting. And number three, a heat ray. A heat ray. I guess that would be like a, a microwave or something to this effect. In any case, like that, this is like, all right, well, we've heard some of this, haven't we? Like we've heard that uh, if these UFOs have a, a device to interfere, interfere with electrical circuits, there have been cases, uh, you know, uh, reported famously by MUFON in that uh, the show, uh, what's the show called? Hangar One. Uh, where, you know, of course, from the MUFON archives, and the MUFON archives are largely uh, actual eyewitness reports that they sent into MUFON themselves directly, right? And unfortunately, MUFON paywalls this stuff and then monetizes it themselves and turns it into TV shows and stuff like this, instead of it being a, an open database, which is tragic and unfortunate in my opinion, but whatever, it's they do what they do. But again, right, that's the type of thing that makes me suspicious about a lot of this, because... If there's real information out there, why are we hiding this stuff? Like, why are we, you know, uh, hoarding it in this place called Hangar One, which, of course, I know is just the name of the TV show. But clearly, there's going to be some archives somewhere that has a ton of this stuff that should be, you know, available to the public. And if people don't want their names in it, fine, black their name out. It's as easy as that, right? But no, it's it's not as simple as that because uh, we're in we're in upside down land where it's like, okay, if the world is literally on the precipice of making contact with extraterrestrials in some way, some capacity, whatever, then don't you think all the information is necessary to get out? Don't you think we should, everybody should have access to this and it should be spread far and wide? I mean, that's, that's the type of thing that looks very suspicious about this. Again, uh, my, my critiques are well known about the UFO circles and the people that have been in, you know, Jacques Vallée, people like this. You know, people that are like, well, I can only say so much, right? Because, I, you know, I've promised people like Bigelow, you know, so Bigelow bought Robert Bigelow, uh, Aero, Bigelow Aerospace, actually bought the entire uh, MUFON archive a ways back. And so, okay, so you bought the whole archive, so why not just release it? You know what I mean? It's like, it's like these certain individuals seem to be hoarding information uh, instead of releasing it. And that's, again, right, suspicious. It makes me suspicious as hell uh, regarding this entire uh, setup. But anyway, so back to this. So in, in that, uh, that, uh, that television show, and in, in other instances, by the way, we have this UFO trope of UFOs interfering with electrical circuits, right? And, you know, you see the one on the, the, the dark country road. You're driving the old pickup truck, right? And then the light in the sky comes, and it gets close to the pickup, and the, the, the thing stops, Right. The, 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 the UFO trope, the radio starts to spurg out and you can't tune anything in. It starts making white noise, things like this. And then the car or the truck just stops running. Right. So this is the type of stuff that we're talking about with uh, UFOs interfering with uh, electrical circuits, devices, things like this. They're able to actually stop things from working. And notably, uh, uh, with the, the Tic Tacs, let's go with the idea that the Tic Tacs might be real UFOs, that they, they actually uh, were said to be creating like an active jamming situation with um with the uh the sensors of the the f-18s that were being flown by dietrich and uh and uh what's his name david fravor uh, out, out out on that the nimitz incident so so i don't know right this is the type of thing that's like okay well well you know we always uh, talk about this in terms of maybe this could be government uh government things uh, you know uh, psyops uh, trying to make us decide or believe one thing or another thing I don't know. So that's the type of thing. I, I'm not exactly sure what's going on with this. As always, this is not the answer show. This is the question show. We're looking at these documents. We're looking at these ideas. And we're trying to figure out what in the hell is really going on here. Because the, there seems to be quite a lot of plot holes, even with the insiders and the experts. They seem to agree and disagree with each other on particular things. 
And like I said, the, the deeper you get into it, the more you just end up shaking your head and wondering what in the world's really happening here. So in any case, uh, that's what, that, so number one, a device to interfere with electrical, electric, electrical circuits, all right? which again, we've known uh, it's been one of those things. They said active jamming. They've said uh, things like you know, uh, stopping cars, things like this, right? But then there's more. It gets even more interesting. A device to induce paralysis. Now, we've heard that in particular in a number of cases with, uh, with the abduction phenomena, right? With uh, Dr. David Jacobs and things like this. With, uh, you know, thing, they've called it sleep paralysis. But now look here. This is, a, this is from the Australian government and a UFO release or leak, or I don't know how this information actually got, got, I guess they would have to just release it because it's on their Australian website. But in any case, right, a device to induce paralysis. And if that isn't the thing where they come into your bedroom at night and just hit you with this little paralysis ray, and that's that, and it's a wrap, and then they take you to the UFO, that's, uh, that's the type of stuff that Dr. David Jacobs talks about with all of his um, hip, hypnotic regressions of uh, people that claim to have been abducted and things like this. And he's pretty terrified of this. He thinks that uh, this stuff is very real, and it's probably happening more widespread than we can even consider. Uh, and then, of course, the last one here, a heat ray. We've talked about this. There's a, there's a bunch of different incidents. Uh, remember the Italian helicopter where they shot a ray? At, uh, in, in Italy, a UFO supposedly shot a beam of something at a helicopter and uh, took it out of the sky, something like this. Uh, there's another one that comes to mind, which we'll talk about a little bit later on tonight. Operation Saucer, which is actually Operation Plot, uh, Plata, I think, in Brazilian. I don't speak Portuguese. But uh, in, any, in any case, Operation Saucer translated where uh, there were actual UFOs attacking people. In a, in a particular area of Brazil. So, so there you go. A, a device to interfere with electrical circuits, a device to induce paralysis, and a heat ray. And again, these are uh, files taken directly from the Australian government that have been released for public consumption, and uh, we'll talk about some of that tonight. And that is what's going on. And again, thank you to uh, Robert for, uh, for pointing this out and uh, sharing this article with me. I appreciate it quite a lot. And as we uh, get, get down to the bottom of the hour... That's, what we're, that's what's on deck. We're talking about UFOs, close encounters of the sixth kind, where UFOs are actually attacking people. All right? People end up dead because of this stuff. It's happened. It's happened. So that's what's on deck tonight. If you want to be part of the conversation, 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. And this is Troubled Minds. I'm Michael Strange. Don't go anywhere. More conversation about UFOs and close encounters when we come back. Help Jews in poverty at helpjewsnow.org. Your $25 gift today will help provide a life-saving food box to Jews in need. Be a blessing right now. Visit HelpJewsNow.org. That's HelpJewsNow.org. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Help Jews in Poverty at HelpJewsNow.org. 
Your $25 gift today will help provide a life-saving food box to Jews in need. Be a blessing right now. Visit HelpJewsNow.org. That's HelpJewsNow.org. All right, welcome back to Troubled Minds. Had a mouthful there during the break, trying to say hi to everybody. There's so many people out there listening. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, all right, this show is live. This is Troubled Minds. I'm Michael Strange, and we are streaming on Periscope, Facebook, YouTube, and DLive. We are broadcasting live on the Fringe FM. We're taking your phone calls tonight. If you want to be part of the show at any point, give us a call at 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. You can find the phone number and the Discord link at troubledminds.org, the official website. All right. All right. Now, what are we talking about tonight? What are we talking about? Well, this thing called Close Encounters of the Sixth Kind. And actually, this has nothing to do with Stephen Greer. So, by the way, uh, I saw some maybe some chat out there uh, during the break that uh, this is Stephen Greer is not talking about Close Encounters of the Sixth Kind. He's talking about CE5, by the way, just for clarification. He's I'm talking about CE6 tonight, which is attacks from uh, from actual uh, UFOs that have been known to uh, hurt or kill people, okay? That's what I'm talking about. So it has nothing to do with Stephen Greer other than I said he is pushing CE5 right now, which is peaceful contact, okay? So he has not changed his mind as far as I'm aware, all right? He's still, still. Uh, if you watched his, uh, his actual um, documentary that he put up on YouTube and everywhere else, he was trying to say that he believes a false flag alien invasion is imminent, and that's why they're pushing a threat narrative. So as far as I know, he hasn't budged off that. But anyway, so that just to clarify that somebody out there got the wrong idea. It, this has nothing to do with Stephen Greer tonight. Okay, so uh, I just kind of use it as a lead-in to see CE5, now CE6. All right, just clarification. Just want to make sure. Don't want, don't want to get misquoted here. But okay, so the, the deal is that. Now, now not just uh, exactly from these, uh, these this actual document from, or many documents, 1,000 UFO cases from, uh, from the actual Australian government. Uh, there's, a, there's a bunch of stuff here, right? So here we go. Uh, this report, which uh, is dated January of 1970, sums up the use of weapons by the alleged extraterrestrials against humans and animals in the following manner. And this is, again, uh, I'm going to link this if you guys want to check this out. I, I do encourage you to look at this document uh, yourself and some of the, the information that this comes from. So you can see, again, that I'm not making this up. It may be, you know, it may be out there. It may be woo-woo. It may be all kinds of different things. But it, it's, uh, it's definitely not me making this up. This is from some, somewhere else, some other source. Okay, so here we go. Let's uh, link this in the chat and uh, keep on trucking here. Where are we at? There we are. All right. Too many windows. Too many windows. All right. All right. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> you guys are killing me in the chat. All right. Here we go. Uh, so here's how, they, here's how they sum it up. They sum up the, the use of weapons by the alleged extraterrestrials against humans and animals in the following manner. And it reads just like this, straight from the document. There is circumstantial evidence that these weapons are at times used deliberately, although mostly in a defensive role. A number of reports allege that a lone car at night has been followed, and after being stopped by a beam, 
some kind of interaction has developed between the car occupants and the landed craft occupants. Information is included which deals with residual effects on the environment of the landed craft. It is these residual effects which offer the greatest potential reward to scientific investigation at this stage. And that's right there, right there in the middle in the gray. Can't miss it. And uh, this is this is what we're talking about tonight: close encounters of the sixth kind. And uh, what do you what do you guys know about this? Do you believe that uh, UFOs have actually uh, attacked people? Do you believe this is a real thing, or do you think this is some sort of a disinformation campaign? Uh, I'm, 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 I don't know yet. I don't know. We'll go through some of the evidence here, uh, but here we go. So they got some cases. So the sampling, here's the sampling of 1,000 documented cases. As of this writing, the entire 12-page report can still be read on the National Archives of Australia, but the PDF download feature is currently disabled. See, there's something going on with the PDF here that I can't get access to this. Uh, but anyway, here's the actual, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop this up. And give you guys the link. If you, if any, if any of you guys can actually figure out how to work this website, oh, there it is. <laughs> okay, so when I tried it, this this information was not coming up. So here we go. Here's the actual, uh, the link where this guy got this information from. So this is fantastic. It's actually working now. When I checked the first time through, it was broken. It was literally just broken. So here we go. All right, there we go. All right, let's do this. Uh, let's see. Uh, da, da. All right, so there, there's the actual website. But here we go. So case two thirty four in France. Three small humanoids by craft 50 meters away, small reddish point of light. Both witnesses paralyzed until craft left. Ignition failure. So there we go, right? So right off the bat, we've got a list of this stuff right here. And uh, part of these cases, and there's, there's a case number. This is case number 234 from France. I'll read just a couple few of these, but like I said, uh, I can do this like a substitute teacher and bore you to tears and just read some of the stuff that you could read yourself. Or I could hear from you. So if you want to be part of the show, I'm going to uh, put the number up again as I read some of these things. 702-957-1037. What do you think? Is it possible that people have been attacked by UFOs in the past? And uh, let's uh, let's talk about whether you think if if you believe UFOs are real. I know we have a contentious audience, meaning that everybody believes something else here, which is fine, which is great, which is fantastic, by the way, because we end up having good conversations about who, you know, different, different thought patterns, which is good. This is how a good conversation happens, people that believe different things. But if you, if you believe that UFOs are real and they're, they're attacking people, uh, do you believe this is, again, propaganda to kind of put down the, the uh, ufology or the rest of this? Or do you believe it's uh, some, based on some sort of reality? I don't know. This is, uh, this is, again, part of the conversation why we do it this way and to include you guys. Uh, so here we go. Yeah, <laughs> Matt's laughing. And this is true. This is hilarious. <laughs> so so they're, they're, uh, they're dumped. They got 12 pages. <laughs> so Australia got 12 pages. And our uh, highly publicized uh, <laughs> uh, what was that? The UAP release uh, got we got five, right? I think it was five. If you take the title page and the glossary out, so anyway, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. So case number two forty nine in France. This is another one, right? So the first one we have both witnesses paralyzed until the, the craft left and ignition failure. So we have a, a car. The the components of the vehicle are, are are broken. They were hit with some sort of beam, and the witness is paralyzed. Which again, which we talked about as part of the abduction phenomena. When they show up and they they actually uh, can can paralyze you and then take you into uh, to, into whatever they take you in, right? So anyway, uh, here's case number two forty nine. This is straight from that 
initial document. I'll put it up full screen so you guys can see. And uh, here you go. Uh, witnesses, uh, witness reach 20 meters from dish with four foot being in diving suit before being paralyzed. As craft took off, witness thrown to ground. So here's some, uh, some again, people being kind of uh, maybe not necessarily killed, but definitely attacked in some way by UFOs. Uh, let's go to case number 272 in France. Again, horse lifted by 10 foot by 5 diameter object and was paralyzed 10 minutes. Man at sight of horse felt nothing. So they're saying in case 272 in France, a UFO lifted up a horse. Lifted up a horse, right? Like, what the heck is going on with this? And, and paralyzed it. Uh, and the, the guy next to the horse felt nothing. Uh, case number 279. And there's more. There's, uh, just just going to go through some of these. Uh, like I said, this is from uh, unknownboundaries.com. Fantastic. I'm glad they were able to go through the archives of this Australian uh, release, the UFO release, which I'll do now, now that we have access to this. But, uh, okay, so uh, dog, case 279 in France. Dog partially paralyzed when approached two helmeted figures near dome. Okay, uh, that seems pretty vague, right? But uh, here we go. Case 295 in Italy. A four-foot-three-inch beam by tree aimed a flashlight beam paralyzing witness. Action of clenching fist on keys freed him, allowing him to attack the intruder who flew away with a soft whir on a conical device. All right. There's all, there's all kinds of stuff here, right? So this guy was paralyzed by a flashlight-type uh, mechanism from a extraterrestrial, presumably, and the action of clenching his fist on his keys freed him, allowing him to actually attack the intruder who flew away with a software on a conical device. Interesting, right? So we have, so we have some, uh, just, just kind of to get us going here, some examples of maybe a hostile intent or maybe... Uh, UFOs defending themselves, or I don't know. Like, I don't know what to make of this stuff because, like I said, it's, it's hard to verify this information. Even though it's just because it's in a government document doesn't mean it's legitimate, all right? Uh, including, right, because, of course, they redact things. They, they lose things intentionally. They put things out that may or may not be accurate. You know, this is the government we're talking about. So, uh, you know, interesting, interesting. So, uh, anyway, that's what we're talking about tonight. So, what do you guys believe about this? Uh, the, this close encounters of the sixth kind as, as aliens show up and maybe attack people. And it's uh, kind of opposite to what uh, Greer is saying, that he, he thinks that they're not here to cause any uh, any, any kind of uh, difficulty to humans, they're here to help in some way. Uh, the, this is the opposite uh, angle here, where maybe they're here and they do have some sort of hostile intent. Uh, I was watching a stream with uh, Richard Dolan. Um, you know, it was one of those ones, one of those kind of like insider streams where they get those guys. People have been in ufology together. All the names, right? All the names. They were there. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, I always forget the guy's name. Uh, anyway, there, were, there was a bunch of folks there, and they were talking about uh, this particular thing a little bit. And that uh, uh, now I forgot what I was going to say because I was trying to remember their name. But but Dolan Dolan was actually kind of describing human mutilations uh, a little bit, and said that that's probably one you don't want to go down because it's uh, hotly protected. And that uh, there there are not just cattle mutilations that have happened and occurred in the past with UFOs. There's also human mutilations. And he said it's it's one that uh, you don't hear much because people it, it definitely gets uh, gets smacked down uh, at the conversation there. So anyway, so what do you guys think as we as we continue? I can read some more of these cases. There's more. Like I said, we'll get to Operation Saucer tonight. 
which is that uh, the UFOs attacking people in Brazil back in, uh, I think, 1970s, I believe. And so that in particular is, well, we'll get to that. But but what do you believe? Do you believe that uh, there is some sort of actual like alien presence here and they could be hostile in some some manner, even if it's defensive? Uh, do you think that uh, th- there's some this holds some kind of water, some of the cases? And again, this is a government document coming straight out of Australia where they're describing some of these things where people had contentious experiences with aliens or craft and, uh, you know, were paralyzed or uh, using some of these particular weapons. So that's what's on deck. That's what we're talking about tonight. What do you guys think about it as we continue doing this and trucking? Uh, 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. This is uh, Troubled Minds, and you can go to troubledminds.org, click the Discord link, and get in there. And uh, we'll talk about all this stuff. Looking to hear from you guys tonight. Like I said, it goes two ways. Thank you. I see uh, Hell21 dropped the original Australian documents in the uh, Discord there. appreciate that. Uh, okay, so I don't know. Like th- that's the thing, right? They yeah, they don't talk about that. Says Marianne, and that's and I think that's part of part of why we do this show is to kind of maybe, you know, uh, really really kind of knock over the the apple carts a little bit in in the in the UFO communities because you know and again like I get it I get criticism for it and people don't like me for it and, and that's fine I, I'm literally not here uh, to be best buds with you know. Uh, Richard Dolan or something. It's, that's not the goal here. Uh, the goal is to have a good conversation to consider all of the possibilities of what could be happening and, uh, you know, to decide for yourself on what, what is actually going on here. And so that's the question tonight. What is going on here? Yeah, do you believe that there's actual uh, hostile intent by, let's say, extraterrestrial visitors, uh, including this paralysis ray, this heat ray, and then some sort of like uh, technology ray that stops uh, stops electronic uh, uh, circuits and running and things like this, like cars don't start after they leave and, th- and stuff like this? I don't know. I'm looking to hear from you guys. It's, again, 702-957-1037. I'll read a few more cases from this Australian document. I'll get to that in a sec, Penny. Sorry, I just had so many people to say hi to in the chat. Uh, we're uh, we're uh, overflowing embarrassment of riches. All these great people out there listening. Uh, so so I will get to, to your request in a, in a moment here. But okay, so here we go. Let's let's read a few more of these. These are straight from the Australian uh, archives of uh, UFOs, right? So uh, again, as Matt stated, which is pretty funny, uh, we get you know five pages and they get twelve. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I guess that's what this is all about, right? That's what this is all about. But okay, here we go. Just a few more. Uh, This is interesting. Three small humanoids. This is case number 339 in Italy. Three small humanoids stealing rabbits from a cage. Farmer aims rifle, which fails to fire and then has to be dropped. Now, again, right, it's unclear why the the rifle is not dropped or or is dropped. Did it get hot? Did it, you know, something like this? Was there some sort of like mind control that made him release the rifle? Uh, The rifle jammed. That's interesting because rifles aren't electronics. So how could they just bam, make the thing drop? 60 pages, says Hell21. Thank you, Helena. Yes. Is it 60 pages? Yeah. They get 60. We get we get six. Anyway, uh, that's Italy. So three small humanoids stealing rabbits from a cage, which is curious, right? Why, why not wild rabbits? Why not, right? I mean, if they have the technology to do this stuff, I mean, that's, that's interesting. What do you think about that, Penny? They're stealing rabbits from a cage. Would you be, would you be uh, fighting mad? <laughs> All right, we got, uh, there's more. Case number 356 in Venezuela. Witness come across six little men loading boulders into hovering dish. As he started to run away, one of the creatures pointed something at him, which gave off a violet colored light 
and paralyzed him. There's that para- paralyzation ray. So I don't know. Like I, like I said, I don't know the answers here. I do know that uh, there's a lot of information in, that comes out from even from governments like this. This is the release from the Australian government talking about these particular weapons that are used against people. Again, we got a, a heat ray, a, a, a paralyzation ray, and then we have something that actually stops electronics from working, some, some kind of technology like that. So um, I don't know. Uh, again, uh, contradictory information, and uh, that's why we talk about this. What is the real truth of this matter? I have no idea. Is uh, Rifle is a mechanical, yeah, it's a mechanical thing, but it's not like an electronic thing, right? So it's like literally you, you, you pull, like you pull, pull the hammer back, right? And, and then you, you know, pull the trigger and it, you know. Anyway, like it, it's, it's gunpowder. It's not, I don't think it's something you could hit with a ray and stop the rifle from working. You, you know, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, uh, we have got a phone call. I appreciate it. This is Daryl from New York. We're going to go to that. Do you want to be part of the show? Before we go to Daryl real quick, let me read the phone number. 702-957-1037, troubledminds.org. Click the Discord link. Let's go to Daryl in New York. Hello, Daryl. You're on Troubled Minds with Mike. How are you hey, tonight? Hi. Good. How's everybody doing? How are you been? Good, good. Fan, fantastic. Hope I'm do. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. Feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling Talking great. about uh, one, of my, one of my favorite go, subjects. Right on. Go right ahead. Tell us what you think about this. Yes. So, um, okay. In general, like paralysis and um, amnesia, it seems to be a common thread throughout alien abductions or uh, experiences that they all seem to be not able to defend themselves. Or if they are alert, they can't move, which is really terrifying thought, you know, <clears throat> that you're aware and alert during these experiences and that you can't do anything about it. Uh, I think the best thing would be to have amnesia from the get-go and uh, hopefully won't remember the most experience, like gentle, you know, past life regression or hypnosis, you know. Um, <clears throat> but that's a common thread. And I'm going to bring this up only because I have a a neighbor of mine that had been um, had an experience that has proof um, implants, an alien implant. Now, if that's not proof, I don't know what is. I won't tell you his whole story, but he um, was missing time on a trip in Canada. And the first thing or last thing he remembered was seeing a big light above his car and another car that's going in the opposite direction with somebody that looked terrified. And then hours later, he wakes up on the side of the road in the wrong seat, you know, and not wearing the clothing that they were wearing correctly. You know, everything was on backwards. So that was, you know, all his memory was. But in the middle of this all, maybe years later, he was getting an MRI. And this is compelling evidence to me. And uh, the doctor said, hey, when are you going to get that shrapnel removed from your leg? And he said, shrapnel? What are you talking about? I didn't see any combat. So he showed him his MRI, and it had an obvious piece of metal that was a very unusual shape. And I'm bringing this up because I had a book that I'm a book collector, and I, I just thought that this book would relate to him. I think that the implant has something to do with you. It's in this book. And sure enough, there was a doctor in California that had removed about 12 of these things from real people and has had a, written a book. And that's exactly the same implant that he had. So these are things not found in nature. They're not found in the purpose that he had to insert these kind of metal objects in anybody. And um, he was found, I think he was found dead or he had committed suicide. 
something like that. You know, how these doctors wind up dead under unusual circumstances when they come really too close to the truth. I think that's another um, subject. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Daryl, I'm going to cut you off for just a little bit here, only because it's really difficult to hear you. Are you able to uh, boost your volume or speak up? I've got everything oh. pumped up to the to the max here. Oh, sorry. So sorry. Th- that's okay. That's okay. Rambling you, on. You don't know if I don't in another room? Much better. That's much better. But okay, so you're, you're talking oh, about right. alien implants. So there was, there was a particular incident with like an MRI and like an implant that wasn't a shrapnel type situation. It was a, some sort of actual implant that came out in an MRI after the fact? Exactly, exactly. He wasn't even in the doctor's office to look at that. I think it was another unrelated area on his body, but it came up on the MRI. And um, you can hear the part about the book um, that the doctor wrote in California that had removed 12 of the same implants from other people. Did you get that part? Nobody heard that either. Yeah, yeah. We were following. It was just, uh, just yeah, we're following. It was just difficult to hear. But, uh, but yeah, uh, go ahead. Go ahead now if you want to re-explain. We've got some time. We got uh, probably about uh, three minutes. Three minutes of time left. So, so go right ahead. All right. So yeah. So this um, apparently this doctor who uh, was later found dead of of some kind of unusual circumstance, either a suicide or some other accidental death, um, which is also something of you know. It's not unheard of, like an unusual amount of research scientists in this kind of, you know, subject have been found murdered or dead. You know, there's like a high rate of suicide amongst people that are close to disclosure or, you know, too close to some evidence that I find very, very disturbing, including even reporters, you know, including um, journalists. Like, um, what's her name, Tracy Twyman? I was going to mention her. Yeah, Tracy Twyman. You know, it's another one, too. Just let me interject real fast. Is uh, speaking of like uh, combat with aliens, Phil Schneider claims that he had a firefight with aliens. He's got scars to prove it, and he died of a suspicious suicide as well. Just throw that in there. Oh, wow. Phil Schneider? Yeah, Phil Schneider. The uh, deep underground base guy. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, interesting, huh? Yeah. How they wind up uh, killing themselves or some, you know. And they have usually the most elaborate stories. So they, it's like, if they're not making it up, it's got to be true. You know what I mean? It's like so far from the, uh, you know, the, imagina- the imagination isn't even that clever, you know? It's got to be true, these things. So anyway, just because I'm so close. Um, so his, okay, so my neighbor, after this, like, um, device was inserted in him, had many experiences with revisiting these guys have come to him in the middle of the night at the foot of his bed. He couldn't move. He was paralyzed with fear. And they were short grays, it sounded like. And he doesn't remember after that. So their ability to make you forget things is pretty uncanny. You know, they usually you have this incredible amnesia, you know, so you don't remember the experience until it's like, you know, brought up in a past life regression or a hypnosis. Um, or that they can't move, you know, they can't move and they, you know, so I'm wondering if you can remember the fight you had, you know, those are the ones, oh, and look, missing people, that's one more thing, one more thing. There are so many people that go missing that really don't have an explanation, and they're not murdered, and they're not found by, you know, later by, you know, you know dogs or somebody walking down a trail, they're just plain missing, and I, the numbers are pretty, like, alarming, you know, I'm saying it's in the hundreds of thousands where there really is no explanation. And a lot of them from from our national parks. So Australia is just like one big national park, isn't it? 
Exactly, exactly. So so we do have to go, unfortunately. I hate to cut you off there, but we will get to David Pilates and Missing 411 at some point. He's putting up a lot of good information. Uh, but, Daryl, thank you so much for the call. Thank you for listening. I appreciate all the information you share with me on Discord. Uh, have a fantastic night. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thanks. That's Daryl from New York. Good stuff. Uh, easy as that, guys. I'm going to be nice to you. I'm not the guy that's trying to make a, you know, trying to catch you in a lie or fool you or any of that stuff. It's just uh, let's get together and have a conversation. We're, we're going to still be talking about this after the break. This is Troubled Minds. I'm Michael Strange. If you want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. Great call from Daryl in New York. Looking to hear from you next. If you can hear me out there, I'm talking to you. And we're, we're discussing this uh, possible alien hostile situation with heat rays and uh, paralyzation rays and uh, jamming electronics and things like this. Do you think this stuff is real, made up, or somewhere in between? That's the conversation tonight, and that's the question. Don't go anywhere. More Troubled Minds after the break. Be right back. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Broadcasting live from a secret bunker just off the extraterrestrial highway. Somewhere in the desert sands outside of Las Vegas. From somewhere in space time, loosely labeled Generation X on planet Earth. questions of you in earnest into the digital darkness welcome to troubled minds radio i'm your host michael strange and this is the show we're not where we're not we talk about the things we're not allowed to talk about and you know what they are aliens conspiracy the paranormal the government, academia, the 24-hour news cycle, propaganda, and the general feeling that we live in the upside-down 
This show is live. We are streaming on Facebook, YouTube, DLive, and Periscope. We are broadcasting live on the Fringe FM, and we're taking your phone calls. If you want to be part of the show tonight, the number to call is 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. You can go to troubledminds.org and click the Discord link and be on the show that way if you don't like the long-distance area code. And, uh, yeah... Tonight we're talking about CE6, Close Encounters of the Sixth Kind, which means, basically, that aliens in some capacity are fighting back, right? Uh, There's been a a classified report that has been made public by uh, the Australian government, and in it they state that there's uh, three different types of weapons that they've kind of cited and and, and pointed to as part of this. And uh, just real quick to, to sum this up and start us over, Three those three weapon systems, we got a couple calls we're going to go to, so hang tight, guys. We'll be with you in just a moment. Uh, number one, the devi- a device to interfere with electrical circuits is what they're, they're uh, describing here. Number two, a device to induce paralysis. And number three, a heat ray. And this is what has been described in these Australian documents that have been released by their government describing weapons of a sort that have been used by UFOs. And Robert in the chat had a fantastic idea. What doesn't this list seem fairly limited for what uh, you guys may have heard out there in UFO circles or mythologies or stories or maybe even your personal experiences? Do you think that this is a very pretty thin list for some of the things that the UFOs might actually use? And uh, and do you think any of this is real? Uh, we're always we're always willing to dabble in the the reality of the the situation here. So as always, taking your phone calls at seven zero two nine five seven one zero three seven. Let's go to. Uh, I'm not sure exactly who this is, but we'll we'll go to this. Uh, you're on Trouble Minds with Mike. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Mike. This is uh, Cole from the Lakes region of New Hampshire. So Cole in New Hampshire. Tonight? What's up, my man? How are you tonight? Pretty good. Pretty good. Right on. Um, I got a couple quick stories. I'll try to make them fast. I know you got other callers. Sure. No problem. Um, all right. Awesome. They, you might have heard of these already, being a UFO guy. I'm sure the listeners might have heard these as well. But uh, I'll start with the first one. There's the uh, Mantel UFO incident. And this occurred in the 1940s. And uh, this is a very, very early example, you know, of indirect, I'll call this indirect death by aliens. So in the, uh, in this incident here, I'll pull it up quickly. So I'll get the uh, information right, you know, make sure I'm accurate. Sure. No problem. Uh, So, yeah. So this was January 7th, 1948, uh, 25-year-old Captain Thomas F. Mantell, who was from the Kentucky Air National Guard. He was a pilot who died in the crash of a P-51 Mustang fighter plane near Franklin, Kentucky, after being sent in pursuit of an unidentified flying object. Uh, it starts off in this report talking about how other people had witnessed this UFO in this area above different towns. Uh, they had different descriptions of it. Some people said that it was flaming uh, reddish color with like a green mist coming out the back of it uh, some people said it was very large round metallic several descriptions so they scrambled a bunch of fighters sent this guy out with a few other people to chase this UFO see what it was uh, his other people flying with him his wingmen they, they all had to turn back for various reasons uh, low oxygen low fuel so he, he just kept going after this thing and he ends up going uh, vertical, 25,000 feet plus vertical, uh, passes out from lack of oxygen, and his plane crashes. He dies in a fireball on the ground, 
crashes into a farm somewhere nearby. So that's an indirect death, you know, by a UFO. They, they claim, the government claimed that it was a weather balloon that he was chasing or some sort of experimental balloon, but that doesn't match the descriptions from the people that saw it from other locations. They didn't say it looked like a balloon. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> have you heard of that one, Mike? I actually have not heard about that one in particular, but I have heard of uh, actual fighter planes like this being shot down by UFOs in the past. And I think I think part of the problem is with the, this type of stuff is you never know, like how it's corroborated, right? Like, is this just you know some some folklore made up, or is this right? I think that's part of why it's hard for me to keep them all straight because I've read a ton of this stuff, but it's like, okay, is this stuff real, or are we just making stuff up now? You know what I mean? That that's part of the problem, just sifting right. through all the disinformation. But yeah, that's a good one. So I would I would assume it, a, a a balloon is not going to shoot down a fighter jet or a fighter plane. How about you? <laughs> I would I would think so. No, definitely, definitely. Um... I don't, I don't know necessarily if he was shot down or not. They, they don't specify on that. The whole incident's documented. You can look it up. It's the Mantell, M-A-N-T-E-L-L UFO incident. Um, and it, it, it happened, but they, they don't specify if he passed out and just crashed the plane if something else happened, if he gets shot down. Uh, so I, that's why I say it's more of an indirect death related to it, you know? Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So possibly one of these things we're talking about, like messing with the technology of the plane or who knows? Who knows what's going on here? Right. Right. Okay. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, one more quick one. You've probably heard of this one, Dyatlov Pass in Definitely. Russia. Definitely. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure most of us know the story of that. I believe it was the 50s sometime. Uh, half a dozen hikers out in the Ural Mountains, I believe is how it's pronounced. They're, they're out hiking. You know, friends, I don't know exactly how they knew each other. So they're out hiking and they're out for a good amount of time. I think it was a couple of weeks or something. And it's the middle of nowhere, you know, and they they take up camp on the side of a mountain. It's winter time, lots of snow everywhere. Uh, there's a storm coming, so they can't go exactly where they want to go. Uh, some people might have gone back from the group. I'm not entirely sure on that. But before any of this happened, I think a few people or maybe one person uh, at least turned around and went back. So they set up camp, and then throughout that night during the storm that ensued, uh, people in the distance, they're seeing lights over the mountains where this camp is taking place, and these people are hanging out. They're seeing these strange orbs flying around the mountains, glowing uh, orangey-red orbs, you know, flying around. And then soon after that, these people don't come back. They're, They're supposed to be back on a certain date. They don't return. They send out search parties, find the tent. All the people are dead. They're frozen, scattered from the tent. The tent was ripped open from the inside. Uh, They found them in the woods, broken bones, injuries that they can't explain, like the force of being hit by a truck. Uh, Half of them weren't wearing clothes. Some eyeballs were missing, gross things like that, uh, almost like dissected. Uh, They had very high uh, levels of radiation. That's, That's one very strange thing that they noted as well, super high levels of radiation. That could be a direct death from extraterrestrials, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, that's that's one of those ones, one of those like uh, forever enigmas where people are trying to explain it away. I think I think it was in the news recently in the last like probably three months because somebody you know some some uh, sleuth after the fact uh, figured it out right. They 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 came up with an answer right. So so of course it's always some uh so like oh well they got confused and disoriented and they ran out in the snow and all this other stuff. But it doesn't account for all yeah. the things that you're describing. So. I don't know. Like uh, at some point, we should probably do a whole show on that and kind of look at look at the exact evidence that's come out of that case because that's one of the ones 
that's compelling as hell, right? That's, that's kind of why we talked about that uh, the kids last night in the uh, you know the alien showing up at the schoolyard type of thing because it's compelling for for a lot of different reasons. But that uh, Dilatov is that how you say it? I think that's how you say it. That that incident up in the the Ural Mountains, it was snowing, it was crazy, it was like uh, again like a UFO sighting, and we have dead people. So I, I I didn't even think of that one. So that's a that's a fantastic uh, addition to the the the, uh, the stories tonight. I appreciate it, my man. Uh, anything else to add to that hey, thought, no, or no. anything else while we got you on? Well, that would be awesome if you did a show about that. I would definitely listen to. That. I mean, I listen to all of them anyways, but I would <laughs> really try to listen to that. Get out of work early or something, you know. But uh, I will add one more thing. I don't know if it's true or not. If it, if this was actually documented, I saw it on Ancient Aliens one time late at night. Uh, and they were talking about the bubonic plague, the Black Death in England in the 1300s, and uh, there were some stories there that they said something about uh, aliens gassing, uh, standing out in the crops out in the outskirts of town, and they were, uh, like, gassing or misting the area, and then days later, everyone came down with the Black Death. I I don't know if you also heard that or not, but that could be another example if it's accurate, if it's true. Uh, Very strange stories, but they also also said that they described them as death-looking figures, skeletons, there are several different descriptions of these so-called uh, entities out there spraying some sort of noxious fumes, but uh, that's one more that I'd add to this whole gotcha. cluster gotcha. tonight. Uh, other than that, no, that's all I got. I appreciate it. Cole, always great stuff. Uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for participating in the chat. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it, my friend. We'll talk to you soon, okay? No problem. You have a great night, Mike. Thanks, bro. You too. There you go. Simple as that. You guys want to be part of the show? That was Cole from New Hampshire, and we're talking about uh, close encounters of the sixth kind, right? Incidents where UFOs have resulted in, let's say, it's death, right, for the actual close encounter of a sixth kind. Is, is death, death of a person. But we'll, we'll go ahead and add in injury, okay? Like maybe being attacked by a UFO and surviving, something like this, right? Because we're discussing some of the weapons that have been basically released by the, the Australian government describing uh, the weapons that UFOs use within their archives. And that would be one, uh, some sort of like a technology disruptor, something that actually uh, affects mechanical Uh, not mechanical, electronic uh, type of devices. One would be a paralysis type of ray, and one would be like a basic heat ray, which, of course, we have those. We we have a lot of that stuff now, right? Like we can we can actively jam. We can. Right. We we probably have some sort of paralysis thing where, where I don't know, maybe it's like an audio weapon or something. And we definitely have some sort of heat ray. We've got lasers and directed energy weapons and uh, all kinds of stuff that we've talked about in the past on this show. So uh, if if we're using them, it doesn't it, it it doesn't it stands to reason that the aliens are also possibly using these things as well uh, great call from cole if you guys want to be part of the show 702-957-1037 is the phone number let's go to i'm not sure who this is let's see is this i think this is uh yeah all right all right let's go to this i don't know who this is you're on trouble mind just mike what's your first name where are you calling from Okay, or not. Uh, we got to hang up. All right, so uh, go ahead and call back. Uh, I uh, went to you, and when you get the beep, that means you're on. You should be able to hear me while you're waiting on hold. So anyway, all right. 
So that's what we're talking about tonight. And there's there's some weird stories that go along with this, right? So not just, uh, there you go, Jack's got it right. Cole is fire. That was a great call. We always have great callers. Uh, always, always, always great callers. It's rare where we have a bad caller, and you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but uh, everybody that calls on the show is fantastic. So there you go. If you want to call back, uh, I see a, a California phone number. Call back, and we'll put you on the show, okay? It's simple as that. But uh, we're, So we're talking about this type of stuff tonight. And uh, so not only do we have these uh, a device to interfere with electrical circuits, a device to induce paralysis, and a heat ray, right? This is, again, from the, uh, the actual archives of the Australian government that released a UFO report recently that was like... 60 pages, right? Was it 60 pages? I think, uh, I think Helena was saying there. And uh, <laughs> if that's the case, well, uh, uh, we, uh, we got gypped, didn't we? Uh, as, uh, as Matt was describing, we got like, we got like five. They, they got like 60 pages. So anyway, and they got some pretty hot and spicy stuff in here, right? Uh, regarding uh, a lot of this, meaning, meaning that uh, they have actual you know, incidents of people uh, having direct contact with aliens. Let's read just a couple more of these cases that we're almost done with this, what they, the ones they've highlighted from this website, Unknown Boundaries. But I've got a list of all kinds of other things, like Dilatov Pass was a good one from Cole there. Uh, there, are, there are stories of uh, fighter planes being shot down. There was that uh, helicopter that was supposedly shot down in Italy, if you guys remember that. That was on the Unidentified show with Tom DeLonge and those guys. Remember, they talked to the Intel- Italian government, and the guy that uh, had the English as a second language said, it, it shoot array. It shoot array. Remember that? I, I was uh, kind of making fun of that quite a lot, only because it just sounded so funny in the context of, you know, the aliens shooting things down. But, uh, yeah, uh, lots and lots of uh, interesting stuff here in this, re- this release. So let's go to, uh, there's a little bit more. There's, all right. So we got the three humanoids stealing rabbits. We got the uh, six little men loading boulders into a hovering dish. This is a case 398 in Argentina. It says Dishlands. Air Force man unable to draw gun from holster. Voice in Spanish from craft. That's fascinating. So, uh, again, it's, it's weird that these cases are so brief without any kind of details or dates or anything like that, but we'll just take them at face value and go with that. So, an Air Force man unable to draw a gun from holsters. So, that wouldn't be like a mechanical situation, right? That would clearly be a, uh, a uh, paralysis sort of situation where he, maybe he got zapped by a, this, this type of paralysis ray. So, so I don't know. I mean, this is, a, this is the weird stuff that if there are hundreds of cases like this just in the Australian archives, and we're talking about uh, you know some of the some of the stuff we know from regular stories in ufology. It's, this is weird, right? This is weird. And so, so do you think there is a hostile intent, uh, or do you think this is real at all? Like I said, I'm always open to the fact that uh, we're being fooled. In like a like like the the, the biggest mind screw ever is this that. The cover-up, right? The, the cover-up, they say that the, the biggest conspiracy in, in all of hum, hum, humanity ever is the cover-up of the existence of extraterrestrials. But I'm willing to take it a step further and even consider that the, the actual real largest conspiracy ever is that there are no extraterrestrials, and the cover-up is that they're trying to tell us there are, right, for some other reason. So just throwing the ideas out there, like I said, just, uh, just to keep the mind always working because sometimes we get stuck in the cement of the mind, you know what I mean? You got to kind of add a little bit of water and squish, squish the goo around to consider some other things. Uh, but okay, here we go. Let's go. Let's continue. So uh, clearly, uh, and, and notably, voice in Spanish from the craft. That's that's interesting, right? That's one of those things that uh, kind of makes me go, um, what? <laughs> so so they were speaking Spanish at you uh, through uh, tele- telepathy, I would guess, right? Uh, so here we go. A couple more. Case number four hundred from Brazil. 
Man fell paralyzed. Companions see dish with dome top and bottom 50 meters away. Three five foot seven inch men are gathering samples. Five seven. That's not. Uh, that's not like a three foot alien or uh, things like this. So so who knows, right? I mean, this could this could have been like a government type of situation. So who knows with that? And uh, case three thirty three in France. So this is again straight from the unknown boundaries uh, actual website here that co- uh, collated these collected these stories from the Australian government releasing information regarding UFOs. So here we go. I'm going to link this and throw throw the chat throw them in the chat. Let's see, make sure I'm in the right places here. There we go. This is where I'm getting this information from. So if you got you guys are interested please follow up on the sources please read this stuff because it's not like i said i'm not here just making this stuff up there there are places this stuff came from so all right so let's go to case 333 in france blue dish came close to motorcycle prickling felt in hand engine dies an and unable to move or speak it says move of speak but i think that's a typo move or speak the blue light turns off all okay now, so the weird thing about these is they are so incredibly brief, right? Incredibly brief. So typos, right? Uh, this, is, this is the type of thing. I mean, is this like what we expect from government work maybe? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Maybe, that, maybe, that's, maybe that's the thing. Uh, I, I don't know. But, uh, but all right. So, so there we go. Blue dish came close to motorcycle. Prickling felt in hand. Engine dies and unable to move or speak. So that's your paralysis ray, right? And so uh, then uh, the blue light turns off. All is okay. So these are clearly like uh, brief descriptions of larger cases. I'm sure they have names, associated dates, and all the rest of this stuff. But which which would explain you know information coming from the government because they're only going to give you so much, right? So instead of this is basically their uh, their unclassified report to the people, and like like we're joking, we got five pages, they got sixty, and uh, they got some pretty pretty hot and spicy stuff in here. <laughs> so anyway, if you guys want to be part of the show, what do you think about all of this? Do you think that it, there is? Uh, this this sort of technology happening with aliens attacking uh, again like i said it sounds like a bad comic book from the 50s when mars attacks but there are cases again some some compelling cases in in the past here of possible attacks by ufos we'll get to operation saucer dalatov past was a great one from cole there there are a ton of fantastic idea or, or fantastic cases where it seems like uh, the ufos per se are not as uh, benign as we may think. And some people in the chat have said, well, of course, you know, like, uh, just like people, uh, some people are good, some people are bad. It's a, it, the same goes with like uh, extraterrestrials as well. You're going to have good ones, bad ones, the whole deal. So that, I don't know. I don't know. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's what we're talking about tonight. So, so uh, again, this is from the Australian government, and this is the actual link here of these, uh, these actual archives. So I'm going to drop this, and uh, actually I'll drop it in the chat in just a sec, but because uh, uh, I think, uh, I think uh, Helena gave me a better link in the Discord. So, but there we go. That's what we're talking about tonight. And if you want to be part of this show, uh, that's that's the way to do it. You just give us a call. The phone number is right there, 702-957-1037. And we're talking about all this weirdness, right? So I've got a list here of some other ones. And uh, I'll read just another probably time for one more before we do this. Um, <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Hyper Baroque has it right. Uh, that, the Australian accent. Uh, that's not disclosure. Now this is disclosure. If I could do Australian, I'd do my best. Uh, my best. What's a crocodile Dundee? But I can't. Yeah, I, uh, I can almost do a British, but I can't really do that either. So <laughs> anyway, all right, here we go. So this is a from Listverse. 
top 10 close encounters of the sixth kind. All right. And so there's a, again, like a list versus a fantastic source, because again, we know one of the authors that does impeccable research on this stuff and has sources for a lot of these things. And uh, you can find him at ufoinsight.com as well. His name is Marcus Louth that writes a lot of these things. This one in particular was written by Dwayne Wesley. But uh, they have these, uh, these freelance writers that uh, contribute to these websites, and uh, they, they do fantastic work. Uh, so, so when you see some of this stuff, don't, don't just write it off as, oh, geez, more clickbait BS. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of really talented writers and researchers behind a lot of this stuff. So just make sure that you know where it's coming from and who's writing this stuff. But uh, here we go. Let's read this one. So this is, this is a short. Let's see. Let's get a short one. Oh, there it is, the Mantell UFO incident uh, the, from Cole. There it is, number eight. It's on there. All right, let's go to this. B-25 bomber carrying UFO debris crashes. On August 1st, 1947, we don't have time for this. We'll run out of time. All right, so we'll, we'll read this one as soon as we come back. I hate to start this and then get cut off by a commercial. But anyway, so we're talking about close encounters of the sixth kind tonight and the weapons that the aliens might employ against people. And so what do you think about this? Do you think it's a, it's a bunch of BS Again, like always, I'm willing to entertain all of the ideas. Do you think it's a bunch of BS, or do you think that there's a possibility that this other stuff is really going down, that we have these compelling cases of actual UFOs attacking people, which we'll get to some more of those. We'll get to, we got a a fantastic list here, but plus a bunch more that I pulled up. Uh, So we'll get to a a bunch more stories about this as we go tonight, but uh, I'd rather hear from you. I'd rather hear some of the stories as told by you, even if there's some of the ones we're going to repeat tonight, if you want to, if you want to kind of point these things out but uh that's that's what's on deck that's what's on the top of my mind because of this ufo australian report that's kind of come out and has really dwarfed the information that came out from the united states government who basically said well we don't really know right (laughs) it's not russia it's not china it's not us so we don't really know and to me well we already knew that (laughs) we already knew that like we said nothing burger right nothing burger uh, great comment there, Hyperbroke. That was funny. Uh, let's see. Uh, that's what we're talking about tonight. You guys want to be part of the show? 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. This is Troubled Minds. I'm Michael Strange. Don't go anywhere. More conversation about UFOs, when, or better yet, when UFOs attack. Yeah, right? Yeah. Do you love it? Don't go anywhere. More after the break. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. All right, welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange, and we are streaming on Facebook, YouTube, DLive, and Periscope. We are broadcasting live on the Fringe FM, and we are taking your phone calls. 
If you want to be part of the show, the number to call tonight is 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. You can also go to troubledminds.org and click the Discord link and be on the show that way. And uh, we're having a conversation tonight. We're talking about, that's right, Close Encounters of the Sixth Kind. Never heard of it? Well, you're in for a treat. This is where things get really, really weird. It's not just people seeing aliens or people seeing, uh, you know, even uh, craft or, you know, things like this, uh, weird lights in the sky. No, close encounters of the sixth kind. Let's go back to the definition here just to reframe and get going again. Uh, Again, looking to hear from you guys. What do you think about this? 702-957-1037. But a close encounter of the sixth kind is where a death of a human has resulted during or because of a UFO event. That's right. That's right. When UFOs attack, right? Uh, that's, uh, that's the fun part. We get to talk about uh, the, the crazy stuff that sounds like it came from a, a bad uh, comic book from the 50s or, oh, I don't know, what, what's that? Uh, when did they release that movie, When Mars Attacks? What, how long ago was that? Anyway, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like a bad Hollywood movie tonight, doesn't it? But um, there are actual, uh, actual uh, incidents that seem to corroborate this, this, this hypothesis, this, this theory of close encounters of the sixth kind, of uh, people actually dying or being attacked by UFOs. And uh, what kind of spurred this conversation was the Australian government has recently released a bunch of UFO files. And in it, uh, they describe uh, just a few, uh, just, just for example here, to kind of uh, reframe it back up and get going with this. Three devices that, three weapon systems that have been used to attack people from UFOs. Number one, a device to interfere with interfere with electrical circuits. Number two, a device to induce paralysis, and number three, a heat ray. And again, like I said, uh, it doesn't seem like any of this technology is off the rails. It, it, we probably can do this now with our technology, right? Many of the, probably all three of those things. Which, as Robert described earlier, and again, thank you to Robert for pointing out this article uh, and uh, kind of uh, kick- kickstarting this conversation, is uh, as Robert pointed out, that seems like a pretty narrow list. Because if, if we, we have the ability to do those things now, uh, what kind of things do you think UFOs would be able to use as, uh, as, as weapons, right? It would probably be like off the rails, right? Like all kinds of like amazing exotic stuff. But um, instead, instead... <laughs> We're here talking about just these three. But anyway, so I was going to go to this story just before we went. So looking to hear from you guys, I'm going to put the phone number up, but I'm going to read this story. Uh, it's, it's quick. It's, this is from Listverse. I'm going to put the, uh, the, the, the information back in the chat. And this is from uh, a B-25 bomber that was supposedly carrying UFO debris. And this is, again, from List, Listverse written by an individual known as Dwayne Wesley. So here we go. Linking it in the chats so everybody can see where I'm getting the information from. And we will uh, continue uh, trucking and talking about this stuff. Let's see. Where are we at? Where are we at? Here we go. All right, there we go. All the chat has the has the information. But here we go. Phone numbers up, 702-957-1037. What do you guys think about all this stuff? Close encounters of the sixth kind and weapons being used by UFOs that are being corroborated now by the, the Australian government, if we believe their information. But here we go. On August 1st, 1947, a B-25 Mitchell bomber crashed in Washington state while allegedly carrying UFO debris, which is suspected of having caused the fire that brought the warbird down, killing both pilots. This was the first aircraft lost by the newly formed United States Air Force, so it was widely reported and thoroughly investigated. The story actually started 10 days earlier on July 21st with a UFO sighting on Maury Island, also in Washington, in which a man was injured 
and his dog killed by smoking debris falling from an apparently broken donut-shaped UFO, one of a flight of six. The debris was what downed the B-25. So that debris was what downed the B-25. They were supposedly carrying it. Uh, so the deceased pilots of the B-25 were intelligent intelligence officers and part of the Air Force investigation into the Maury Island incident prior to the crash. This was a very strange time for the newly formed Air Force since the Roswell incident was less than a month old and the Kenneth Arnold sighting and report happened just three days after Maury Island. It was truly a busy and perplexing time for the boys in blue. And there you go. There's a there's an interesting one there that uh, maybe has some U, some UFO connections regarding um, uh, taking this thing down. Uh, so the, the Maury Island incident and this uh, the August 1st, 1947. Uh, just a mere mere uh, weeks after Roswell that happened in July is uh, is th- this they're carrying UFO debris supposedly and it uh, takes down this uh, this B twenty five bomber uh, with uh, with the the actual stuff on board so I have no idea there's uh, there's pretty pretty crazy stuff here uh, let's go to another one real quick um, again like I said we're talking about uh, close encounters of the sixth kind and the Australian government has released uh, files which. Uh, basically suggest that there are particular weapons that are being used by UFOs uh, to fight us, right? To actually, whether they're used in defense or whether like an, an offensive purpose, uh, there there are some, some incidents which kind of describe these types of things. So looking to hear from you, do you think this stuff is legitimate? Do you think it's BS? What do you think about this? We're looking to hear from you, 702-957-1037. Let's go to another one real quick as we uh, continue. Uh, here we go. Well, so we have, we've already had the Mantell UFO incident from Cole. Thank you for that. That was good stuff. This one is the Valentick UFO encounter and disappearance. Here we go. So what has to be one of the most disturbing and mysterious disappearances of pilot and plane happened on October 21st, 1978, when a young Australian pilot reported an encounter with an aggressive UFO. Uh, no trace was ever found of Frederick Valentick. Uh, T-I-C-H, maybe Titch, Tick, Valentick. I'm going to say that because that seems more legit. The 20-year-old pilot who vanished into thin air after radioing in that he was in danger and being harassed by a UFO. Valentick was on a 200-kilometer or 125-mile flight in his single-engine Cessna 182 and was off the coast of Bass Strait when he contacted Melbourne Tower. See, I know how to say it now. And reported that he was being harried by an unknown aircraft 300 meters above. He described the UFO as having four different lights. Melbourne controllers said that his last taped words were, It's not an aircraft followed by ominous metallic scraping and crunching sounds, and then nothing. The Australian Air Force said that they received 11 different UFO reports from people along the Bass Strait Coast that Saturday night, but officials from the Australian Transport Department were skeptical. Some theorized that Valentik became disoriented when he saw his own lights reflecting off the surface of the water while flying upside down. Frederick's father, Aguillo Valentik, said... The fact that they have found no trace of him really verifies the fact that UFOs could have been there. Now, th- this is this is the type of stuff that kind of, I mean, it, it is possible, right, that uh, that these pilots become disoriented and you know they see their own lights bouncing off the water, type of thing. But but come on, really, like like we're talking about professional aviators. We're talking about not noob rookies up there on their first flight, type of stuff. So so you know it, it's hard for me. 
when you just basically say, well, you know, you know, kind of Monday morning quarterback, side seat driving sort of situation, and you're like, well, yeah, he, you know, never having flown an airplane in your life, he was probably just disoriented and flying upside down and saw his lights bouncing off the, uh, you know, the water. You know what I mean? Like that type of stuff, like those type of explanations, sure, fine. If you've got some like corroborating evidence to describe that, yeah, fine, cool. But if you're just like, you know, kind of Mick West in it, you know, kind of hip shooting and, and like, well, you know, the plausibility of the the, the seagull flying at this, this trajectory and, you know, getting caught in the flare and the, you know what I mean? It's like, come on, like, like we're talking about, you know, in many, in this case, people dying, this guy died. So, you know, to, to kind of just, uh, just throw it out there as the, uh, the official story, kind of like I said last night, it's, 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 it's Wikipedia is a good first start for the official story, but then you can basically throw that out and then start digging for what really happened. So I think that's probably a, that's probably a, an, an interesting, uh, interesting take on this. But anyway, so we are talking about uh, close encounters of the sixth kind tonight, which just means, uh, basically that, uh, if, if, uh, UFOs attack, when UFOs attack back to that weird, uh, trope from the fifties and sixties of, uh, you know, the hostile aliens. And like we said, right, so what's the deal? If aliens exist and they're here, are they hostile or are they not, right? Stephen Greer says no. He says they're here to help us and that uh, uh, Mellon and uh, Elizondo and those guys are running a UFO uh, false flag type of operation to, uh, you know, uh, to get funding and for Space Force and all kinds of other stuff. But I don't know, like, like, again, right, that's part of the deal. And Stephen Greer has been considered an expert for a long time. But then also we have Lou Elizondo, it says he worked for ATIP in the Pentagon. So who the hell are you supposed to believe, right? I think that's the weirdness of all this that uh, is how are we supposed to believe these things? I just don't know. Uh, they don't went the phone line. So if you guys want to be part of the show, well, you've got a reprieve. You've got a, you got a quick reprieve, but uh, I'm calling it back. So uh, we'll be back in uh, about 30 seconds on the phone line. If you want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. Let's read just another quick story here. So we got the Mantel UFO incident. Cole told us that one. Here's one called the Falcon Lake Incident. Now, check this out. Now, this gets weird, right, when you, when you have, like, UFOs actually attacking people. But check this out. At noon, May 20th, 1967, Stephen Michalik, an industrial mechanic from Winnipeg, Canada, was prospecting in the Falcon Lake area of Manitoba when he spotted two strange aircraft. One was hovering in the air, in the air but bolted off at a terrific speed. The other UFO had landed and was only 50 meters away, so he started toward it, calling out and asking if they needed help fixing their crazy machine. Uh, so uh, uh, there we go. We got a call coming. We'll get to you in just a sec. Hang tight. Uh, he went through all six languages that he was fluent in, but never got a response. As he got closer, Michaelic noticed a panel open on the side of the craft, but was unable to see it due to the bright yellowish blue light it was emitting. He tried to contact the pilots again as he was coming up to the craft, but right then the panel snapped shut and he heard a high-pitched whining as the craft started to spin counterclockwise. Then it began to lift off the ground, and for some unknown reason, Michaelic reached out with his gloved left hand and grabbed it. And to his horror, his glove immediately caught fire. There's your heat ray, right? At that moment, the panel snapped back open and a blast of intense heat knocked him backward onto the ground where he had to roll around while tearing off his burning shirt. Half naked, injured, and scared, Michaelic gathered up all his things and luckily caught a bus home where he went straight to the hospital. The Falcon Lake case was extensively investigated by Canadian authorities, the Condon Commission, several civilian UFO groups, and the United States and Canada, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, all Gucci goo, and the Canadian Department 
of national defense, but it remains unsolved. Falcon Lake incident. Check that one out. Check that one out. Right. Lots of lots of stories here that may corroborate this stuff. Uh, what's up, MJ? Is, uh, there you go. Believe your own experiences first. I agree. I agree with you 100. Uh, percent That's uh, that's like kind of why we talk about this stuff. We need to make sure that we uh, uh, don't trust your own judgment, right? And uh, yeah. All right. So let's go. Uh, we got a phone call here. Let's take this. Let's take this. This it looks like. Uh, I'm not sure who this is. You're on Trouble Minds with Mike. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hello, hello. Testing one, two. Can you hear me? You tried to get through a couple times. Is this Christian? Can you hear me? Okay. Well, try and call back. I don't know if you got a bad connection or uh, we're, uh, I don't know. I know what's going on there. Anyway, we, uh, we have time for you guys. We got uh, about uh, 15 minutes left in this, this final segment on Fringe. If you want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. Lots of good information out there about uh, incidents that happened regarding this. Uh, oh, you know what? I am really sorry, bro. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Call back because I, I muted the tab to call it. That was completely my fault, dude. That was completely my fault. Um, so, uh, so yeah, please call back, Christian. I think it was Christian. Uh, call back. Uh, I had you muted because I had to dial back into the line. Uh, sorry. Completely my fault. I apologize. That was terrible. Terrible of me. Uh, okay. So, uh, so anyway, we're going to keep on trucking. 702-957-1037. I should call him back, but that's, that's kind of rude to do it like on a live radio show. Uh, but yeah, please call back. I'm sorry. Uh, that was completely my fault. I should probably, we probably should have been able to hear you. Okay. So let's, uh, let's read one more, uh, give, uh, give, uh, that individual time to call back. If you want to do that, like I said, my apologies, completely my fault. Let's read this one. Uh, lady, the first animal mutilation. Uh, let's, let's skip that one. How about the Judy Doherty abduction? Let's go with this. Uh, let's go with one. It's not super long. Oh, let's go with Maury Island because this was the one that uh, was actually from the very first one, the B, was it a B 25 that went down? Yeah, there was a B-25 bomber carrying UFO debris from the Maury Island incident. Let's read Maury Island. And uh, looking to hear from you guys. Sorry about that. If your name was Christian, I think it says there on the, the call screen, uh, call back and I'll, and I'll put you on the show. Completely my fault. Here we go. Maury Island incident. In 1947, there were many hazards off the islands of, uh, sorry, waters of Maury Island in Washington State. There were so many, in fact, that they needed boats to patrol the waters in search of logs that had gotten loose and now and then uh, uh, tow them back to the mills. At the time, Harold Dahl worked on one of these boats, and his shore supervisor was Fred Chrisman. On June 21, 1947, Dahl radioed into Chrisman to inform him that he was out on patrol with three aboard, him, his son, and their dog. At around 2 p.m., the boat was nearing east, the eastern shore of Maury Island when Dahl looked up to see his six donut-shaped aircraft hovering some 600 meters, about 2,000 feet above his ship. The craft appeared to be made from a highly reflective metal and were 30 meters or about 100 feet in diameter, while the donut holes were about 8 meters or 25 feet across. Dahl also reported seeing portholes around the craft and what looked like an observation window. That sounds like a human thing, doesn't it? Uh, Anyway, five of the six craft held station around one in particular, which was seemingly... Uh, impaired and slowly losing altitude. It stopped and hovered in place about 150 meters from the water. Afraid that the aircraft was going to crash into his boat, his boat, Dahl smartly put the, the till toward shore to get out of the way. Once they were on shore, Dahl grabbed his camera and took several pictures of the scene. 
What happens next can only be called an in-flight repair operation. The damaged craft stayed in position for several minutes while the other five circling above. Then one of the ships came down out of the formation to come in contact with the damaged one. The two craft then stayed connected until Dahl heard a thud, and then suddenly thousands of pieces of debris fell from the center of the middle ship. Though most of the debris landed in the water, some did fall onto the beach, which was later collected by the Air Force. Dahl picked up a few pieces and saw that it was a light whitish metal. In addition to this, the craft dumped together a much larger quantity of black-colored metallic substance that looked like lava and acted like hot slag, steaming when it hit the water. The men were forced to take cover when the black metal started raining on them, hitting Dahl's son, burning him, and breaking his arm and killing their dog. There you go. I draw the line at killing dogs, guys. The case has never been solved, and Harold Dahl became the first person ever claiming to have been harassed by the infamous men in black. There you go. There you go. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, killing people is horrific also. But, uh, you know, killing dogs is terrible too. But that's, that's the idea, right? So we're talking about that is uh, have, have people been harassed or even killed by UFOs in the past? These are the types of things we're talking about tonight. And, uh, and uh, there we go. Okay, there you go. I got you. I got you. Call back. I got you. I got you, buddy. I got you. Call back and we'll put you on the show. Sorry about that. Okay, so so point is this. Point is this. Uh, tonight is more weirdness, right? We have more information coming out from governments uh, released by the, the, uh, the actual Australian government that's describing that uh, there are actual rays, right? Actual... Uh, not only rays that uh, are used for paralysis or like a heat ray type of weapon from UFOs, but also electrical circuits to being able to kind of uh, put down a, um, an actual, an actual uh, something or other, uh, like, a, like a car, right? Or like these types of things, like be able to kill elect- electrical circuits in a car. I don't know. Like, uh, again, there's a, there's a lot of stories regarding this, and we'll get to Operation Saucer as we continue tonight because uh, we do have a third hour, as you know. So uh, if you're listening to, to uh, again, uh, us on Fringe, you, you will have uh, Jill Roop lighting the void, but we'll have a third hour of Troubled Minds on uh, all the streaming platforms. So, so there we go. So let's go to um, – we have – looks like uh, based on this – we have uh, Otacon. Otacon looks like the the call screener. We're going to do this. And uh, all right, make sure I don't have uh, the phone muted because I did that last time because I was terrible. And I think I think this is a different caller actually, but that's okay. Let's go to. It looks like Otacon. You're on trouble. Mind just Mike. How are you, my friend? Hey, Mike. Uh, great, man. Uh, first time caller. Um, I I, I kind of feel like a part of me is 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 kind of like thinking that uh that that aliens are a little uh, reckless when it comes to like human lives and stuff like that. Um, I don't, I, 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 you know, that maybe they, they probably are just like us. Maybe, you know, we see them because uh, we, we, we probably perceive them to be like an extra higher beings, I guess, or, or more intelligent than us because they discovered, you know, certain technologies, I guess that's more advanced than us. But, in reality, they're they're probably just like us, man. When it comes to certain things, because uh, there's there's like multiple cases in in the uh, in the past that I've that I've that I've watched, like you know, videos and things like that, or read read about, where they just completely have no, you know, like no respect for human life to a certain extent. Like uh, for example, like uh, in the late '60s, there was an individual that was out like looking for rocks and stuff like that in Canada and uh he was over by a river and he saw like uh 
like a like a like a group of ships or something like that. And then one of them had landed, and you know, curiosity. You know, humans are cur- you know curious by nature. And uh, he walked over to the ship. He touched the ship. The door closed. He heard some voices or something like that. He claims, and this you know. The ship just completely took off and left burnt marks on the man's chest and everything. So I don't, I don't know. And and there's a lot but, of stories. And then there's like another that. case. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, and then there's another case where there there was a, a old a old uh, two old ladies that were driving around. I don't remember exactly where this was at, but they saw a diamond shaped UFO, and the UFO went over top of the car. And completely just, she, they, they, they claim that, that the ceiling, like the seal around the door is completely like sealed to the car from the, from the amount of the, the intense heat. And in both, uh, in, in both cases, people have suffered from radiation. And you would think that somebody that has that kind of technology, they would know that, you know, that radiation would, you know, do some, you know, some damage to like humans or things, you know, something like that, but. Yeah, and, and so not only those stories, there's a lot of stories. Like if you spend any amount of time kind of digging through some of the chronicles of the old, you know, UFO mythology stuff, uh, you know, like I said, I don't know how much of this stuff is true or not, but in many cases you have like real people who have come forward and said, this really happened to me. And and you'll find radiation burns and things like this, right? So it's not, it's definitely not so far off the pale here to, to kind of discuss this because, you know, if UFOs are there, it stands to reason that uh, there there have been abductions. There have been uh, things where maybe they're not the nicest folks, right? And some people have said, you know, there, there's yeah. two factions or three factions or four factions. Some people have said they're all nice. Some people have said they're all bad. And so, again, right, you got to ask a thousand people to get like a thousand different answers. And then we're still confused, aren't we? <laughs> still talking about this. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But history has shown that they, they, they seem to be a little reckless. But like you said, they could be different races and stuff like that. But yeah, but it was just that was just that I, I just kind of felt like, you know, like uh, that. I, I don't know. I'm a little nervous, you know, it's my first time anyway. <laughs> That's okay. First time caller. It's okay. You got me. You got me. Dude. I apologize. You got me to back you up. So it's okay. All right. I appreciate it. We're, we're about to, to wind up this uh, this segment on Fringe anyway. So thank you, Otacon. Is that how I say it? Yes, yes. Okay. Thank That's you. Okay. That's what the, uh, the the call screen said. I just want to make sure it didn't seem like a name. Otacon, first time caller. Thank you for listening. Thanks for calling in tonight. No need to be nervous. You got me, bro. We'll, we'll talk to you later. Okay. Have a fantastic night. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks for the call. Uh, there you go. Simple as that. You can give us a call, and uh, I'll put you on. I'll put you on the show. And it's a uh, uh, Cash Landrum uh, incident. Says uh, NS. Uh, all kinds of good stuff, right? There's all kinds of uh, uh, actual uh, things out there that have gone down. And who knows, right? This is this is what we're talking about. This, these are the things that we consider at troubled minds. And uh, do you believe them, right? It always comes down to that, right? What do you believe? Don't listen to me. I'm not taking any of this stuff as fact or fiction or anywhere in between. I'm taking it as all of that, everywhere, fact and fiction, and everywhere in between. Because we have to consider those possibilities, right? That's what this show's about. This is Troubled Minds. I'm Michael Strange. We're at the end. If you, you're listening to us on Fringe FM, stay tuned for Joe Roop lighting the void. If you're listening to us on Periscope, Facebook, DLive, or YouTube, stay tuned for a third hour of Troubled Minds. We're still talking about close encounters of the sixth kind, the sixth kind, people dying from UFOs. Yeah, that's right. At the end of this, thanks for hanging out with us. Be sure, be strong, be true. Thanks for listening. From our troubled minds to yours, have a great night.
All right, welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange, and we are um, hanging out talking about UFOs and close encounters of the sixth kind, which means uh, people ended up dead as a result of these uh, these actual close encounters with UFOs. So uh, you guys want to be part of the show? We're taking your phone calls, 702-957-1037. Let's go to Robert. Robert in Pennsylvania. What's up, my friend? You're on Troubled Minds. How are you tonight? Fine. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for uh, this. Is Robert that actually uh, gave us the idea for the show? So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Good stuff, my man. I was thinking uh, one of the weapons that uh, these aliens may have that nobody's considered is the ability to alter our timeline. You know, we have tons of history of these uh, UFOs from ancient times up to the present. Uh, and they've interfered. At least in the old days, in the ancient times, they interfered with the human race and and, and our, our civilizations. And I often and I have to find myself wondering if UFOs didn't exist, if they are if they did and but they didn't bother to intrude themselves, uh, would our history be different? Would the history of the human race be different if they would have just left us alone? That's a good question, uh, and and I think uh, I think uh, Sitchin and those guys would uh, would wonder, right? Wonder similarly uh, if if uh, you know there's been some speculation about them meddling in our affairs for a long time. So how so so I guess I guess the concept there is how alien are humans really, right? With maybe their meddling or them showing up or them doing whatever it is they might be doing. The weirdness, man. Yeah. I, li- I like the theory. I like the concept. Uh, what do you think? How, how different yeah. would we be or uh, any of the rest of that? Well, there's, a, it's kind of, there's some contradictions here. Um, like, for example, yesterday's show about uh, the kids in Zimbabwe. I, I believe completely that those 61 kids uh, saw what they saw. Uh, but here, the, the message that was brought to those kids was that we need to take better care of the planet. And what what's interesting is that why did they just see those kids? You know, if they really wanted the world, the, the human race, to take better care of the planet, they could do it a lot better if they just buzz into our TV and bust into CNN and say, hey, Assholes, take care of your planet. But they don't do that. They, they always go in these backwards directions, and, are, and the people who are not, they have no public forum, and pass this message on to them, and, and, and it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me, especially if they really are concerned about it. Yeah, yeah. Again, like, this is this is the type of thing that's, uh, that's like plot holes in a lot of this disclosure narratives, right? It's like... If uh, so, so first off, if we know what they are, we should be able to discuss what they are. If the governments know, but then maybe the whatever they are, the entities, the UFOs, the aliens, whatever you want to call them, maybe they don't give a damn about us. Maybe they just like you know we're the ants in the ant hill, and so they they could give a damn about what we think or the press conferences or the you know the UFO land or the uh, White House landing or the things we would expect out of them is they're like Psh, you know they'd never consider that. Just because they're like they're doing their instead, own thing, you know. Instead, they and instead they appear before a bunch of kids who have no power to change anything. All right, with this message. All right, either 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 
it, it just tells me that these aliens must be total assholes if, if they really want to do something about it. Matter of fact, maybe one day some alien will call into Trouble Minds. <laughs> you know, you at least have a forum. Yeah, well, uh, you know? we do. We do have Ash. <laughs> if you, there you go, the reptilian from <laughs> well, Mars. That's true. That's true. That's, that's true, true. That's true. And also, these aliens, may, you know, I, it's quite possible they're interdimensional. And I wonder if they also have the power to alter, to to shift the Earth into a slightly different dimension, change everything, um, you know, the upside down, like you're talking about. Because what I've seen happen, lived through for the last 30 years uh, on this planet, all the strange stuff that's been going on, you'd never expect. Well, that's crazy. That couldn't possibly have happened, but it did. It's almost like you can't really guess what's going to come next because everything is just flip-flopped. I'll give you an example, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pounding on Trump, but that whole thing in 2016 was to me like something shifted. Something went haywire, and I'm, and 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 this fella got got elected over some you know a, a disgusting woman. That <laughs> may be why, but I'm just saying there are things that are happening that should not be happening by any common sense, and and I have to wonder if there's something going on where they're altering our our history for whatever reason. But I can't understand the contradiction. They care about us, all right? But they don't do a damn thing to make us, you know, to help us do whatever we need to do. They appear for a bunch of kids, all right? They don't, you know, all they have to to do is do a, a, you know, a 30-second spot on, on, uh, you know, just peer above the doggone white uh, New York City and say, you're not, you're, you're, you're trashing your planet. All right, and you need to stop it, or we're going to have to do something about it. That would change everything. Why don't they do that? I, I, it's confusing to me. I don't understand how they. I mean, if they're the most, if they're so far more advanced than we are, you know, then you would think they would be, be sensible enough to, to that to to want to want their message to take hold, not here before a bunch of kids and. And, and, and people who have, you know, who are just normal, ordinary people who have no, no power and nobody's going to believe them. Anyway, why do they do that? It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, well, so, so the thing that does, so in that context, I think that if, if we have like flesh and blood extraterrestrials, I would think that they would have, it would either be kind of like the Borg, where it's like conquer and assimilate, right? Where they kind of have no sympathy whatsoever for the, the entities, the races, the new planets they come in contact with. Or it would be, um, you know, maybe evolved to the point like you're describing where they would have some empathy on the other side. I, like, like, again, this is from, this is human brain thinking. So maybe we're way off because we can't even con- like consider the concept of uh, alien uh, thought perceptions, any of this stuff. 
But that seems the most likely thing to me, right? Is if we're dealing with like flesh and blood extraterrestrials, I think that's that would be the two things that would kind of come to my mind. They, they either wouldn't give a damn and they'd have already taken us over, or they would have some sort of empathy for us. Um, but I think that the other part that we're maybe missing here, like you described it, if it is that dimensional shift thing going on, uh, maybe they can't. Maybe it's like uh, they can only kind of come in, phase in, and phase out of this reality in short spurts, and they, they really don't have the influence we think they might. I, and I think that's probably more and more likely in my mind as we, we start to see a lot of this stuff as as being described, as people saying they summon these things and they kind of come and they kind of go. It would explain a lot, right? It would explain the, the, the disappearing in the middle of nowhere. It would explain them kind of appearing out of nowhere, things like that, right? Kind of fading in and out of reality. It seems like that's most and, likely and, to me and, at this and, point. And, 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 and processing a message out of nowhere to nobody. Exactly. All right. I, yeah. I, I don't want to diminish these people that, that claim that they told them this, this, these messages uh, as nobodies. But seriously, it, 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 it's like you would go in and, and, and into a bar and have a beer and turn to the guy next to you and say, you need to save the planet. All right. That guy can't do anything. No. It's no. like they don't really understand us at all that they have to, um, um, unless the only ones that they can communicate with are children and people who are, I don't know. I, it's, it's, just, it's just something that I, I've, I've wondered about for a long, long time. And I would do this. I would ask your, the rest of the trouble, troublemakers on this. On, <laughs> on this that, you know, I pose the question to them. Can they make sense of that? Because I would really love to get, find some, you know, take to have somebody that really can think this out and, and, and give me an answer, what they think is a pretty good answer. So I'm going to get off, and maybe somebody will call in or, or, or chat and, 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 and explain to me why. <laughs> Just don't say, go above the, the, the skies of New York and say, stop it, or we'll have <laughs> to do something about it, instead of peering before a bunch of kids who can't do a doggone thing about whatever, you know, whatever message they're trying to convey to them. Agreed. Good stuff. Well, thank Don't, you, Michael. Well, later. Give, give, me just a, give me just a minute, Robert. Don't go anywhere. So uh, is there somebody in the chat? Are you still there? Did you hang up? Robert. Robert. No, I'm still here. Okay. Somebody in the chat said I'm this. Still here. Give me another minute with you because somebody in the chat said, maybe they have something like the prime directive where they aren't allowed to interfere too much. And I'm sure you're familiar with like the Star Trek, uh, that, that mythology, that fiction, where there is the prime directive. Maybe that would explain a lot of this, right? You, you, know, you know what that is, don't you? Yeah, I know what the prime directive is, but, but, but then that would also negate them appearing before 61 children. <laughs> with a message. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Right. They're, Pl- supposed plot to, holes. they're supposed to be total hands off, but they're not. And, and, and they go and they and they talk to and they pass on this message to people who have no power to, to, to change what they're you know what they're warning the world about. It, it, it just seems so contradictory to me. And, and, and uh, again, I, I, I really, 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 really want hope for somebody you know on troubled minds here who can come up with some kind of sensible answer 
Gotcha. Okay. Because I can't. Yeah, well, me neither. That's that's why right. we kind of go in circles here. Thank you for the call, Robert. Thank you for the idea tonight. Thank you. Thank you for all the uh, the participation. Thank Thanks for spreading the word about this show. I appreciate it a lot. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Okay. Night. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. There you go. Simple as that. You guys want to be part of the show? That was Robert. He's got a book called uh, The Robert Collection, Stories from a Fractured Mind. Check that out, please. I know he doesn't call to plug his book, but uh, I like to help people that try and help us. And he's out there spreading the word for us, and he's calling in and uh, uh, being uh, being active. If you want to be active, there's no reason why we can't share the limelight and go up together. So uh, he's got a book out. Go check that out. The Robert Collection, Stories from a Fractured Mind. If you guys want to be part of the show, simple as that, 702-957-1037. I'm going to put the phone number up again. Still taking phone calls, still doing our thing, and uh, hanging out, talking about this. Uh, Billy says, Prime Directive doesn't explain flying around our warships every day for years. And that's a good point. Exactly. Uh, which kind of more, more puts me more in line with uh, that type of stuff seems to me to be a military phenomenon. Meaning that, uh, in particular, I think, I think they're trying to... Uh, I don't think it's alien. I don't think it's alien. Uh, like, like again, right? So in, in the UAP report, and I know nothing burger, et cetera, so on, but they said, and this is true, that there's a collection bias on UFOs because they always tend to, tend to appear around military training, right, or military bases. And so the collection bias is that we get the information from, from uh, these other places, these other things, uh, just, just in terms of, um, you know, like it, it doesn't happen in, you know, let's say the middle of nowhere in the Mojave Desert, right? They're not, they're not like getting UFO reports from there. They're getting the collection biases. They're getting them from radar data from around the bases and things like this. So clearly that would make sense because of course they're out there looking for things, right? The, the, the military is out there looking for things, but uh, it does it explain all this. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. There's a, there's a, lo- a lot of this anyway. So, so we're, what we're talking about tonight is close encounters of the sixth kind, the sixth kind. And what that means is uh, incidents where people actually got hurt or even killed by UFOs, right? With some of these, uh, these, uh, the death ray, the heat ray, whatever that is, uh, the, uh, some sort of paralysis beam, and then something that actually stops electronics, um, so that, you know, those are the three weapons described by the Australian government, by the way, which is where this all started. So this is the uh, declassified Australian report analyzes weapons UFOs use against humans. And so those are the three, the device to interfere, uh, interfere with electrical circuits and the device to induce paralysis and then a heat ray. And that's what we're talking about. So what do you guys think? I, I guess, uh, you know, I don't again, I don't propose uh, to know the motivations of extraterrestrials because, well, uh, I, I need to meet one, right? And I haven't. And so, but we can speculate and it's okay. It's uh, because it's okay to be wrong, remember? Don't forget, don't ever forget, the bottom line, the basis for this show is it's okay to be wrong. It is. We have a right to be wrong. And so don't let anybody tell you you're not allowed to believe in this or believe in those things that are dear to you, including most specifically your religions, right? Things like this. It's okay. It is okay. Even though we have the war on these things, it's okay. It's okay. There you go. There you go. Hell 21 troublemakers. You can find us at troublemakers.org. No, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't, don't go there. It's probably something really bad. <laughs> I, I haven't checked, but all right. So, uh, Robert had a good point. So can anybody out there actually have a, uh, ha- have a theory here that can put it all together? You know, I think that's uh, that's what we're looking for. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, okay, we got some more stories to, to kind of go after and look at and think about here and talk about. Uh, but we've got, uh, it looks like we got Kelly on deck too. What's up, Kelly? I, I didn't even notice you were there. If you're there, 
Anytime. You're welcome, sir. How are you? How are you tonight? Hey, how's it going, man? Good I'm evening. doing good. Doing good, man. Feeling good. Doing good. And uh, yeah, talking about weirdness, man. We're talking about the dark side of aliens, bro. Are they here to attack when aliens attack? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. What do you think about all this stuff? Well, uh, first off, I want to uh, get to Robert's question. Um, actually, the whole notion of the, you know, the, that aliens have, you know, that uh, actually communicated with people about, you know, saving the planet, protecting it, how to take care of it, you know, uh, that's actually, we can go back a little bit further, you know, like, uh, this is like during, after, during World War One and World War Two, with all the major wars that was going on, and then the, the time when we dropped the atom bomb in Japan. Now, when that happened, there was, after all that happened, you know, there was a, uh, I'm going to bring up a man, I'm pretty sure, you know, his name has been throughout the UFO um, network, and he was an admiral in the Navy, he was called, his name was Admiral Byrd. And prior, before Operation High Jump, he was doing, he was doing mapping, and he was mapping the, uh, the South Pole. And when he was, he was flying his airplane in there, he said he got sucked in, like something, uh, like a, a tractor being grabbed his airplane and sucked him into Middle Earth. This is the man's story. He was an admiral of the United States Navy, okay? So, now, the interesting... I'll get to that part later, but what he was saying is when he got in there, he, they set his aircraft down, and then, like, he seen, like, a subway, you know, like a... It was a rail system that came down to where he was at, and these aliens, they were giant, like, the tall whites... And he said that, uh, you know, they took him before their leader and he was, they were explaining that, you know, they didn't want, they didn't like the fact they were using nuclear weapons, which, which is the A-bombs, right? And that they were very destructive and that they actually, I don't think it's that, you know, they're here to help us. I, I believe some of the, you know, maybe these, uh, it could be one of many different uh, species but let's say the whole hollow earth theory is correct, right? So if these these things ain't here to help us, they're probably actually living among us and living underground like the hollow earth theory and they don't, you know, they don't appreciate the, you know, the bombs going off as well cuz they also live here as well on this planet. They share it with us. Right? So and that's the and then actually, you know, they let they put him back on the thing and his back in his aircraft, they send him back out. And he came back to Washington, D.C., and he tells the president of the United States about what happened. Right? So you would think if that was false information or you think, you know, this guy's a nutter case, right? They would probably throw his ass out of the Navy. Hell no. You know what they do? They give him an armada to go down to south to the, to the North Pole. And, and, you know, we all know the Operation High Jump. Antarctica. South Pole. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, South Pole, so Antarctica. So then, you know, that they say that, you know, he ran into UFOs or whatnot. But yeah, you know, so again, you know, that has been directed to the higher-ups, not just children that was in South Africa. For me, in that story, I was going to call yesterday, but, you know, I was a little tired, kind of fell out. I'm sorry about that, but... That's okay. It happens. Was, some of those things that when when they were talking about in South Africa, right, little kids, and they the way they were explaining it was almost kind of like with the with that uh, Falcon Lake thing, 
uh, the the Falcon Lake incident where the man went up to the aircraft and he touched it and he, it was like exhaust burned on his shirt and you know if you ever seen the if anybody's seen that uh, in, or investigated that one she even shows a picture of the man he's laying in the hospital bed and he just looks like a checkered pattern across his stomach where it was like it looks like an exhaust of something that burned his you know burnt his stomach and shit but yeah the um. Yeah, Admiral Byrd, you know, he, you know, he, he's told that too, you know, he's, he told that to the, you know, the president. And so the, the higher ups have actually, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, these governments have got some kind of interaction with it. You know, they could not be the same species or whatnot, but yeah. And, and just to go real quick back from the, yesterday's thing, you know, I wonder what about the girls, you know, a lot of those, uh, the things about, uh, you know, uh, in South Africa when they were, the girls were uh, all, uh, or the kids that seen the UFO, and then, you know, you guys had those other things. I was reading some of, a lot of those uh, investigations on it, but it was a lot of school, school, uh, uh, girl schools, right? And they had fainting, screaming, and it was like some visions. One of them were like they had like the whole school, all the girls were had like really bad itching and all thing. Like to me, that's almost like direct energy weapons, you know. It's almost, you know, you start using that, and you know, it'll. That's what it does. It burns your skin, you know. It's like a microwave burning you from the outside or from the inside out. Yeah, but so, as for yeah, we oh, talked about that a little bit last night uh, regarding maybe there's some actual things happening that weren't so alien in Africa. I, I know you probably heard some of the mass hysteria stuff we were talking about there, but but we, we kind of got into a dark place with maybe uh, some of those things were not alien at all, and they were uh, you know um, some sort of a gain of function type exercise with the CIA or you know whoever whoever may have been doing terrible things to on school kids in Africa, right? So ju- just uh, yeah. just to kind of uh, corroborate what you're saying there, we, we did talk about it last night a little bit. Yeah, um, so let's uh, get into the, uh, like, the weapons thing, right? So, you know, like uh, some people were talking about, you could go back to biblical stories, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, where they, you know, they said, don't look back, and maybe they were destroying the city themselves, you know, and uh, you have, like, implants could be a type of uh, weapon or ray, like a ray gun or, a, you know, like a stun ray or a ray gun, stun gun or something like that, that, you know, they free these people freeze. Laser beams, you know, or, or, or even like you go back to Sumerian, they called their weapons the weapons of terror, which were like nuclear weapons, you know, because they had like clouds. They said that followed afterward and the clouds would kill everybody, you know, or you had the, you know, the stories of the Vimanas in, in India where they had wet wars in the skies. And, and what's crazy about the Sumerian story about the nuclear weapons, the, what they call the weapons of terror, is that some people didn't know uh, dinosaur bones. Dinosaur bones are actually, if you see them in, in the museums, they're actually painted in a black paint. And what that is is because the uh, lot of the bones are actually, they're highly radiated. So they have to paint them in, in, this, in this paint, right? So it's, you know, it kind of blocks all that radiation and they're, you know, be able to uh, use them as you prop them up and so people could see them. But, uh, you know, th- throughout history, we've known that uh, these things, there were like people talk about when they've been, uh, might have been, you know, uh, kidnapped by these things or, you know, abducted. But you hear them, you know, they shut down their cars or radios or anything electrical. And then you have uh, our military personnel there, you know, and they say that they fly over and shut 
shut down nuclear power plants. So that's obviously some kind of a weapon. Yeah, definitely. Which which actually coincides with that one, right? The uh, the very first one they talk about there, which is a device to interfere with electrical circuits. So if you you kind of turn that to to a larger, a kind of a larger scope, it would certainly be able to shut down pretty much whatever technology we have, right? It's kind of like a like a like a like a safe EMP or a kind of like a technology lock that they can just turn off when they when they drive away, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, there's actually another, I don't know if you heard this story, but they were talking about uh, the government launched a rocket one time, and uh, I don't know if it had a nuclear warhead on it, but they said, uh, but they were doing a testing a new rocket, and then they have video of a uh, UFO flying around it, like actually, you know, making it look like a toy, but shooting lasers, uh, like it looks like a laser beam into it in certain spots, and they, you know, they, the rocket fell to the, you know, fell to the earth. Or, you know, you hear the story, too, we were supposed to send a nuclear device to the moon. And, you know, I guess the, it was taken out by a UFO as well. Same thing, laser beam, the, the warhead. But, um, yeah, there's different case files, too. There's one for, like, you know, let's talk about against uh, human beings. This case file and uh, MUFON investigation is case file number 525316. is the Calaris incident in Brazil. That happened in 1977, where you're talking about, or you were talking, kind of talking about that earlier. Two died, 35 people were burns, yep. had burns and stuff. It was uh, Jacqueline V. She did the investigation, and uh, AJ Galeros was the one that had a move on investigations. <clears throat> but that's Operation Prato, P-R-A-T-O, which translates to saucer. Operation Saucer. I've got it up on the on the screen here. I'll link it. But yeah, go ahead. I was going to get into this because th this is one of the ones that exactly describes what we're talking about, like UFOs showing up and directly attacking people, radiation burns, like people, like a couple people dead, like you said, the actual Brazilian military had to come out and investigate. And there's, uh, you know, there's people that uh, that swear this this went down. It was it was part of a part of this, uh, again, the UFO mythology, right? But yeah, Operation yeah. Saucer is what this is called, the, the translation. But yeah, go right ahead. Yeah, there's actually uh, some other ones as well that uh, actually even it didn't. Uh, these weren't in South America. This is actually in the military. This was uh, in March in 1956. An Air Force sergeant named Jonathan P. Lovett. He was uh, he was assisting a Major William Cunningham, and they were out by uh, the White Sands Missile Testing Ground and over by Holloman Air Force Base. Well, Cunningham, uh, the the major. Uh, Major Cunningham, he was, uh, he heard his loud, you know, they kind of separated, I don't know, they were looking for something out there, uh, some, I don't know, they said parts of the, of a, of a, the latest missile launch that they had, but, um, what happened was, uh, I guess the Major heard, uh, heard the, um, heard the uh, sergeant scream and he heard a loud scream, so he ran over this doom, cause, you know, they were kind of separated, and, you know, he expected, he thought maybe he got bit by a snake, but he, you know, he thought he was going to be, you know, nailed down, he's going to be taking care of a snake bite. But what he actually said he's seen, and he was stunned, is he came across and he seen his buddy being dragged. He looked up and it was a long arm of an alien dragging his ass up a hill or up the sand dune. And there was above the ground, about 30, 20 feet, there was a uh, silver uh, saucer shape. And he said he just freaked out. You know, he ran down to the Jeep, called for backup. Security came. You know, they, he went to the hospital, you know, because they wanted to do investigation and do all kinds of, you know, like mental things on him. 
So at the time, they actually, you know, the the security sent out a, a team to look for um, Sergeant Lovett, and uh, they found his body. You know, for three days, and they found his body. And you know, from the uh, from their investigation, they said that uh, uh, let's see, he was dead between uh, twenty four to forty eight hours. And uh, when they found his body, his tongue was cut out, lower his jaw, his lower jaw, his eye was, uh, his eyes were removed, his anus re- re- was removed, and the uh, autopsy they said it was apparent surgical uh, skills that were ha- that, that took his uh, that also removed his organs, and what it was particular was uh, um, was that the anus and the genitalia was they was neatly removed. It looked like it was a took, taken out like a plug. They was drained of blood. Uh, there was no, but what's interesting about his, that body, his body, was that there was no vascular collapse, you know, associated with uh, bleeding out like that. They said they, you know, if a person was to bleed out like that, you know, the the veins would collapse. But they didn't find anything like that in in the autopsy. Also, there was uh, two other people in uh, 1988 over in. Uh, what is it? It was by the Guadalajara Reservoir in Brazil. Uh, he, this person was dead when they found it was like between 48 to 72 hours. No signs of decomp- decomposition. There were, he had no eyes, no ears, tongue, lower jaw, uh, genitalia, and the digestive organs was removed. And then a few years later, on June 23, 2009, the body of a 17-year-old girl. Her name was Luzianda Hartz Benedict, and she was over in the state of uh, Costa Lorena. Her eyes were gone. The same thing, her eyelids, ears, lips, bottom jaw, and she had no blood. Same thing with the other one, you know, they're drained of blood. But again, there's no collapse in there, you know. That's what's so interesting is, uh, is that some of these people that, you know, they're just, you know... It, the medical things that they're finding is it's just it's not supposed to be able to happen like that. Yeah, and so so oddly enough too, so we talked about the uh, the the kids in at the aerial school last night, uh, but and, and so there was a this weird narrative where it was mass hysteria because it it was endemic to to Africa, right? But so so it's like where well, you, you shrug your shoulders and go, okay, yeah, whatever, right? Like that that sounds just weird, but. Then now we have like like a regional cultural thing happening again here, exactly what what we're talking about tonight, but it's in Brazil, and particularly in Brazil, there's there's a lot more cases it seems of actual like UFOs attacking and possibly killing, mutilating people and things like this, right? And so so it, it makes you wonder, right? So is it maybe like particular parts of the world have different experiences with uh, UFOs in particular, right? I mean, maybe, maybe, uh, I don't know. Like, I think that's that's worth mentioning and thinking about because, you know, we, we, in the United States, we have a very particular way of, you know, perceiving UFOs as, you know, well, they're, you know, little green men, E.T. from the old show, you know, E.T. phone home, that whole thing. But but the rest of these, like Africa, again, we have these mass hysteria incidents and this, this aerial school stuff. And then we have this in Brazil where it's like in particular people dying or getting attacked with heat rays or radiation burns. And, and go look into that, guys. If you haven't heard that, that Operation Prato, Operation Saucer, is unbelievable. Like there's some, there's some stuff in there that you're like, what the hell? This was like War of the Worlds. How come this didn't make like international news? And it didn't 
<laughs> it didn't, right? It's weird, man. It's weird. I don't know. It is too, because I actually have I, I have I, I downloaded some of those pictures that they have because they were some people took some aerial uh, photographs because you know some of it was like in, at night, but these ships are glowing. You know, they have the like the saucer shaped shapes. You know, kind of rounded on the Anzo, but you can see them. They're like glowing. You know, they're more white. You know, like they're glowing like the like white. But yeah, they, and then some of they show that some of the burn marks were some where these people were burned, and they were saying they could like their heat was their skin was just heating up, and they were just running for the hills. You know, yeah, it's a pretty crazy story about that one. That is a crazy story. Hey, so I, we got a, a requester from Billy in the chat. He says, uh, "Let's just interject this real quick. If you got a, a few minutes, Kelly." Uh, can you guys talk about why the government wants to get ahead of the narrative on all these cases? I think that may lead to 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 you, lead lead you to understanding why we do what we do. So so why do you think Kelly that the government needs to get ahead of the narrative on the cases here? So clearly there's going to be a bunch of individual cases, like always, uh, as they get you know they kind of get reported to MUFON and these other places, the UFO databases and whatnot. You know, Dr. David Jacobs doing his work, but how come the government needs to be the one that kind of sends the message out. Do you think there's a particular reason for this? Thanks for the question, Billy. Appreciate that. Why would the government need to send out the information on, on UFOs or on aliens? Is that the question? Yeah, to kind of get ahead of the narrative so that they could lead the charge. So so guys like you and you and me, guys like this community, and so it's not in our lap. Why? Why is the government trying to uh, control that that the, the the talking points and the narrative? Why do you think that is? Well, they are controlling the narrative and, and those points. I don't think they're even trying to do disclosure. Actually, there it's always been and always will be that they have no idea because allowing that to happen. Imagine that, though. Okay, so number one is there. Okay, people want to know what type of they are, where they come from, how long they live, all those questions, right? But the bigger picture you want to look at is, okay, so what is it going to happen? What's going to happen when these these people start showing up in these crafts, right? How in the fuck are they flying? How are, and the power units that they're using is obviously, that's the thing, major thing about most people don't really want to, you know, they, I don't think they want, it's not that they don't want to talk about it's like they, they skip that part because that's all free energy. If that was to happen, we would have the flying cars. We would have jump space and time, you know, time and space where they, what they're doing, you know? So it's not like, um, for me, that's what it is because it's not, or number one, or, or this is another one. It's just like uh, the guy that believes in like the reptilians. He's from Europe. I can't remember his name right now. For the for the life of me, but David Ike, uh, yeah, David Ike. Okay, with his theory is that you know they've been here. Okay, they're using us. That's who's actually running this shit. Okay, there's got to be a, a, a lot. I've always thought that too. That there's got to be something higher than what I wouldn't say higher, but like something that's running all the all these governments in this planet. Right. That if you put it in that theory. Okay, so they, they they can't let go of their power, what they have, you're right? And if they do, they, they're going to have to come out. And, and when they do come out, or maybe they don't even have to, if they're like what David Icke says, you know, from what I've seen in my own, and with my own eyes, is that, you know, that these things can, you know, they can manipulate, I guess, kind of like uh, if they would have a, um, 
I don't know what would they call it, like, uh, you know, like, but say like the Anunnaki, uh, the statues, right? And it looks like they're wearing wristwatches. Is that something that can make them look like human? Or is this, you know, that looks something else? You know, or does it help them to be in this, in this, uh, maybe if they were dimensional, is this something that helps them keep them in this dimension, you know? So is it, but they're not going to, they're not allowing other, like, I don't know, you would say like the common people to know uh, what, you know, the big, the big thing that's going on, you know, what's, what's, what's forcing or, because you got to look at the whole bigger picture with governments and what they're doing, you know what I mean? You can't just, uh, I mean, those rabbit holes go deep. So if you go by like, uh, let's say money, because money's fake, because we already know that shit is. Yeah? Just like they want to go with everything, wants to go digital and everything, because they just pull money out of straight thin air, man. So what else is it? Is it gold? Is it other things? Why we, you know, it's like trying to get off the planet. We went to the moon, so they're saying not to come back. So what is it really? Is it, it, It's got to be some kind of a control of the human race somehow, some way, for a reason. Number one, or it could be like you know, what you know, if the reptilians here. They, have, you know, you obviously they're saying that they eat us, right? That we're a food. But you know, if we we're the ones who keep in perpetuating, you know, all you know, we work, right? We go eight hours, twelve hours a day. We go to work, we do something, and we get back, right? That's like you know, to make money, right? So that's the thing about it. But it's it's more than that, right? So what are we all working towards? What is what's the whole part of this? So, you know, that's the kind of question you want to ask before yeah. you can try to like put it in just a simple form. You know what I mean? Yeah, agreed. And it, it always comes down to control, right? The, the mechanisms of control and what, what those happen to be is that, you know, like, like, so I think that's the thing. Think about it this way, right? Like people say, oddly enough, it, like I say, we always live in the upside down, right? And so think of it like this, like the, the people, the general people out there, us, the, the regular person. I think is ready for, you know, if, if the aliens are truly here, we're ready. Let's, 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 let's transition into that reality. Let's do this. But you notice that the mechanisms of control are in the hands of the government and they're not ready because they would have to give up those mechanisms of control. So instead, right, instead of the narrative being that the government is like, oh, well, the people can't handle it. No, no, that's not the case at all, I think. I mean, sure, there would be some, some uh, probably hardships as, as the transition happens because change is always hard but the it, the transition would be most difficult because the governments would have to give up those control mechanisms i think that's what we're looking at here like they're it's they're doing the reverse psychology on us saying well you guys can't handle the truth but that's not true at all we can they can't handle the fact they'd have to give up the power that's that's i think that's what i think is is what's going on here that's that's why i think they're going to play coy forever they're going to drag this out as long as they can until it's completely, grotesquely, stupidly obvious that they're everywhere, that you look up to the sky and they're everywhere. Like, again, we, we'll need War of the Worlds before they'll finally come, come clean because, because they have to give up everything. The governments have to give up everything. And for that elite group of people, it's power. And that's all they want. That's all they've ever wanted. Those sick people that end up in those, those governmental agencies at the very highest level, what the hell do you think they want? There's good people there, too. Don't get me wrong. There's a good – Kelly, you've been in the military. There's good people in the military. There's good people in the government. But the people at the tippy-toppest are just not. They're the worst people. And that's who's running the joint. So they'll never give it up. I think that's what's happening here. 
Yeah, I would have to agree with that one because that's more or less what I'm trying to get at. But I go into these deep, you know, I, uh, I the rabbit hole is pretty deep for me. So I, you know, I mean, <laughs> I've already, I've already been there. You know what I mean? And so it, it's a whole collage of that. Yeah, and it, and it is the governments do have to give up all that stuff before they'll even say anything like that because I mean, look at it. We wouldn't even need. Uh, like if we went with Tesla, just go with, for example, without even our aliens, you know, and they say he was too, but like if we went with him, we would have Wi-Fi or anything. We wouldn't even have to have all these power lines running every fucking where you don't need any of that bullshit. You know what I mean? You're just drawing all the power out of the earth's energy itself. You know, we would have the flying cars. We would be doing all this stuff. We wouldn't even have to have all the fossil fuels, the nuclear power. That's the biggest one for me is the nuclear power because you know, they're trying to say, oh, what is a Fukushima is, it, you know, is, did they send us into the, into the, uh, you know, the, the abyss of no return? No, man. As soon as they, we start, anybody started using that shit as a power source and because all the waste, what are you going to do with it? Nobody knows what to do with it. They just bury it. And that's for generations on generations on generations on generations later does have to deal with that. So, yeah, I mean, man, it's that, yeah. Uh, I, I can't. I can't go down that one. That's that a, That's the old. Uh, that's the. Don't get Mike started on healthcare and taxes. <laughs> Start raging. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. We let's get back to Operation Saucer and the rest of that. Uh, great question. Uh, great. Sorry. Great question, Billy. Thank you for uh, for uh, kind of a. It's good. It's good to kind of take a tangent at, from time to time and step off what you're talking about to kind of address some of these other things. So that's why. Uh, again, that's why doing this live is such a powerful thing because. So many times we start somewhere and we end up somewhere else, and that's a very, very good thing. But, uh, but yeah, go ahead, Kelly. Let's get back to the uh, the the close encounters of the sixth kind. Yeah, I mean, uh, just saying more of that with uh, you know, that's just some of the stuff that I investigated and you know looked upon. But what's crazy is too is like you know you see some of these like these hot spots, like for example, you you know that list that uh, Robert has from uh, Australia. You know, some of those places. And this is a, th- a strange thing. I don't know if anybody has uh, ran across this, but they, you know, they were doing. Um, you know, I, I stay in tune with a lot of science as well too. But they were, you know, with DNA and stuff. That's why I was always, I'm always harping about that. But they're looking into a lot of, you know, all these uh, ancient cultures. You know, that people that you know the, nat- the the natives of these lands have been there for a while, and they're finding like the Aboriginals. They're they're claiming that their DNA is one of the oldest on the planet, like even older than when they claim to say that everybody comes out of Africa. But you know what I mean. And and, and you look at some of their uh, their gods, you know, their religions and stuff like that. Like, man, that shit looks just like a great. Like you see all of them on the cave walls and stuff. I can't remember the names they call them right now, but there's you know, of course. Every culture's got different billion names, man, and it's hard to keep up with all Yeah, yeah. hard to keep that stuff straight, Is that the different languages yeah. and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but uh, their gods, you know, they're talking about, like, and it's weird, too, like, lizard gods and, like, uh, these other, it, there was, like, two, there's, like, uh, and they have, like, ranky systems in their gods, too. It was, it's a trip. But, yeah, I mean, those hot spots, and what I believe in some of those areas, like, those, especially a lot of those mountainous areas, you're going to find, like, bases and stuff, too, because humans can't, you know, yeah, they'll be up there, but, you know, they're not going to be up there for that long. You know, people want to, uh, I'm going to conquer the tallest mountain and then come back down because it's cold as fuck. But, you know what I mean? So it's not like they're going to be there all the time. You know? Or, you know, you have these ancient cultures in China, you know, like uh, in some of those, like the Mongolians. I wonder what 
they would see up there, you know? Yeah, yeah, and some of that stuff goes way back, and that, and that's part of it too. So, like, it being you know modern people, we're trying to reconcile the things they're telling us now, the things we know, our own experiences, and then also, you know, the biblical stuff, the stuff that's like written on caves and stone and tablets of stone and things like this. Like, like it's hard. This is not an easy thing, you know. Like, like it's one of those things where you know a lot of people think they have their own ideas of. We all have our own ideas, but is everybody or anybody out there right about everything? Of course not, and that and that's where the conversation comes in, right? You get enough people together, and uh, you, you you I think you point more in the direction of right, you know, instead of just uh, just letting it be and uh, you know uh, following, let's say, well, I don't know, Corey Good, for instance, <laughs> just to throw a name out there. <laughs> but uh, but sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, there's also stories you hear people too. There is like I don't know if you I guess you would claim this to be a weapon or just a you know more of a technology thing is but i've heard of people you know contactees or even abductees or they talk about when they get uh how these uh you know how they get taken out of their house and they're more or less being um, dematerialized through walls you know these these things can come through walls or they get you know they're lifting up off their bed and they next you know they're they say they literally float through walls and then you know through through the sky and up to the spaceship. So, I mean, if you got, I mean, that's the thing. The, these technologies, if you're space jumping, you you know you got all that shit. You have to have tractor beams, laser beams. But you know what the crazy stuff was? Is <laughs> this is a, a a weird one? But like when in in the Sumerian, okay, and and the, the um, one of the Sumerian stories. When uh, Enki came here, right? Instead of you know, when he tried to come to the uh, the um, uh, asteroid belt, right? They had to blast through. They said before, you know, they would take their weapons and they would blast through, but it it was dangerous because it'd make just make more, just make more uh, s- smaller, you know, asteroids, and you know, it could be, they lost a lot of ships that way. So he came, he devised a weapon, and but the weapon was to push these asteroids away from your ship instead of uh, instead of blowing them up and causing more asteroids and he used water by using water some type of water weapon he could push the asteroids away so they can come through the asteroid belt so that was pretty interesting to read i was like that the hell that's that's actually pretty smart instead of fucking and that's what i was wondering like how these you know these age space agencies are talking about these governments bringing you know, mining asteroids. Well, how the hell are you going to bring this shit back down here? Yeah, that becomes I, like a huge. Exactly. Think about think about the cost, right? So if if you just like look, okay, we'll just drop it on Earth, land it. You know, well, I don't know, in the middle of Africa, nobody lives there, right? But still, it's going to burn up by the time it gets there. So like you're you're going to co- you're going to literally like like do more more fuel bringing it back to Earth than you did taking the rocket off to mine it. <laughs> so it's like like it doesn't make sense. You know what does make sense though for them to mine the asteroid belt and then to build shit on Mars or build shit on the Moon where the gravity signature is much less and they could get that stuff there e- more easily. So so I think I think even that's a good point, dude. That even in the post scarcity world, it may not even be on Earth. <laughs> that may be on Mars or the Moon or something, right? Because they're not bringing that shit back. It makes sense. It, it costs. It'll cost an unbelievable amount to bring it back to Earth. You're right. You're totally right. Yeah. So, and you know what? And even in in the Sumerian stories, that's what they did too. That's the reason why they took the gold from the you know the planet Earth, and they took it to these lower 
you know, that it has less gravity, you know, uh, like the moon and, and Mars, because they said when they, they were called way stations, they would ship it from there, the gold with rockets from here to the way stations on Mars and, you know, these smaller moons. And, you know, they could take it because it's, you know, less gravity. So it's not so much, you know, I guess power on their, on their, uh, on their aircraft or, you know, I mean, their spaceships, whatever. Pretty interesting too, and you know, that's thousands of years old. So imagine something today, nowadays, you know. But again, you know, back to the thing of uh, attacking people, you know, that the ones in Brazil is, is pretty crazy. And you kind of hear a lot, you know, like you take those biblical stories, and it's the exact same thing, you know. Weird shit. Like, why do they, why do, why else would they, you know, sometimes people were hiding in caves, or was it really that, you know, was it the flood thing, or was it, you know, they were getting hunted by something? You know, it's it's pretty interesting, and not just by animals, but by something else. You know, they they had like big doors. The one that was in, they found uh, the cave system over in in Turkey. They had like even the doors. They like these big round doors. They'd be able to lock from the inside. It's, you know, it's kind of weird. You know, I mean, it's, it's not airtight. It wouldn't be like you know, it block out all the water. You know, they would drown when they would be down there. But they're either they're locking something else out. You know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like that, that, I think that's the thing, right? I think interesting, like the the larger you consider the prospects of what's going on, like the more variables need to be thrown into the mix. And it, it seems like, even though, right, like the the drudgery of you know, that like you said, we work we work the eight hour, ten hour, twelve hour days, like that 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 becomes, and I think that's why they don't want us talking about this stuff because it it literally expands people's um, world to really consider that the, the world we live in is not the world they, they trap us in, right? We're not, we don't have to be trapped in this. And I think that's probably why conversations like this get smacked down. It's not because we're talking about ETs or aliens or any of this, right? I don't think they care, to be perfectly honest, because they're going to try and protect that forever. And so any amount of speculation will not really challenge the powers that be, but I think they don't want what they want to protect most fiercely is that lock on the power, which is people understanding that uh, we don't have to be locked into that, into their game. It's their game, right? I mean, it's like, uh, like they're just printing money, right? Like, like we got to work for it. We're like, we're like slaves. We're building the pyramids, right? And then they're just slapping the all C and I on top and printing the money. It's, it's not fair. It's stupid. It's, it's not, it's an unbalanced thing and they don't want people to realize it. And I think, conversations like this kind of make people you know look up from the drudgery of everyday life even if you know even if literally half the shit we talk about on the show is probably fake right and that's okay because it means the other sh- the other half of the shit is not you see what i'm saying so it's okay it's fine and that's why we should consider the things and open our mind and uh yeah yeah just uh just as an aside here to kind of kind of put the point of what we're really talking about is is it's the control mechanisms right but yeah, so we we're 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 winding up to finish here, Kelly. So we got Jay on deck. You're welcome to stay till the end. Anything else that you want to add to this? And and again, we don't have to run. If you got more to say, bro, I'm 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 willing to go longer. So you know me, it's okay. Nobody no, tells us what to do. No man, I, I kind of agree with that. You know, it's just the the human race needed. You know, I, I think the the one thing that they do kind of look out. You know that you know because obviously they are listening to everything that we all say. So. The thing about it is, yes, I, they probably don't care about the alien thing. You know, a lot of people that have bigger, that move bigger, 
bigger mountains than us, you know, that we're just talking and speculating. But, you know, yes, those the people that move those mountains have pulled out these information from underneath all that shit, you know, and now it's it's in the open. And now it's not that like it, and now that we're in the age of Aquarius, it's an age of knowing. So, and, and actually, in this short time that we are in the age of Aquarius, I believe that there has been a massive amount. And we were just talking about this morning, me and Michelle, is like, the veil is going to be lifted. And I sure, and I sure as hell cannot wait till that fucking And if, if it that happens in my life i i'm gonna be with the biggest smile on my face because i swear to god this this some of the shit has got to stop and people are you know i think they don't want to have you know the third eye opening up on everybody you know the knowledge of everything but they can't stop it it's, it's coming and i just want everybody you know here and, and to know that we are all here sharing information and uh you guys have a good evening. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Amen, bro. Kelly, you're the best. Uh, tell Michelle we said hi. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. All right, brother. Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. There you go. Kelly from Colorado. Way back to the old days. Way back to the old days. Kelly's been calling in this show for years, literally years now. And uh, great stuff. You can see how you can see why he comes back because uh, the conversations. You know, again, we're not trying to tell anybody what to believe here. We're we're kind of hopefully the goal is to open people's reality just a little bit to see that we're not we're not drones we, we're not you know like uh, slave drones that uh, pay taxes and die uh, there's a little more to it than that and i think that uh these uh these conversations are uh, probably valuable in that regard you know just to just to really say look that this world is fine this world's beautiful it's our home it's all these things however however um, it's not everything. This world is not everything. There's a very, very big universe out there, and we're just a tiny, tiny part of it. So, so yeah, that's the deal. All right, so uh, let's let's go to Jay. What's up, Jay? Whenever you're ready, uh, you're welcome to come on the show. Let me read this real quick, too. What's up, Jay? How you doing, buddy? Good, Mike. Right on. Let me read this real fast. So Often Frozen in the Discord shared this and said this is from the, the Australian UFO files that were released. So let me read this real quick. Um, he was uh, nice enough to clip it out, and uh, let's read this. The CIA became alarmed at the overloading of military communications during the mass sightings of 1952 and considered the possibility that the USSR may take advantage of such a situation. As a result, OSI acting through the Robertson panel meeting of mid-January 1953 persuaded the United States Air Force to use Project Blue Book as a means of publicly debunking UFOs and at a later stage to allocate funds for the Avro Advanced Saucer Aircraft and the launching of crash program into anti-gravity power. To initiate such programs decades ahead of normal scientific development would indicate that the U.S. government acknowledged the existence of advanced aircraft, which presumably used a gravity control method of propulsion. An additional motivation could have been the fear that the USSR would achieve this goal before the U.S. Interesting. Back to 1953, talking about advanced propulsion anti-gravity power. WTF, WTF. Thank you, Often Frozen, out there for sharing that. So that's straight from the same, the same uh, uh, Australia release. All right. So there you go. There you go. There you go. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, like the plot thickens, right? The plot always thickens as more information comes out, and it makes things more confusing. So sorry about that. Just want to interject that. 
Jay from New York. Welcome to the show, my friend. I, I, I love that. That's awesome. You know, it reminds me about those guys in the early to mid forties that were going around looking at archaeology, doing all kinds of fantastic scientific things who came to the States when the war was over. In, exactly. Or Russia, you know, or, I mean, you know, going all the way, you know, Kelly's saying there about Tesla, you know, you're always bringing up Tesla. These things are there. The rare earth metals that they have to put in our phones and everything else like that, you know, is there a possibility that we could just take them out and they'd work with the 5G network now? You know? Yeah, I don't possibly. know. I mean, there's so many different questions that always get stemmed out of every single show, dude. You're going to blow our brains up. It's going to start oozing out our ears or something. Well, here's, but here's the problem, right? So, like, like this, this is why the powers that be want to keep conversations narrow. They want to keep them on the left side and the right side, on the blue and the red, right? They want to because if they control the conversation, conversations like this don't happen. And if conversations well, then like they blew happen, it last year. Well, during well, the season, right? We're calling out the season now. The season now. <laughs> last, the season. last last season, they put us all at home and told us to play with our telephones and get Uber Eats. You know, what else are we going to do? Well, we're all researching everything from crypto to how the Amish built a house back in you know seventeen hundreds. Exactly. You know? Yeah, we're bored. You know, yeah. we yeah, want to yeah. gather information. We're an information gathering people, you know, which is all why, of us, which is why the censorship is hard and heavy because they know they have to start stamping down shit like this, because if they if, if they allow it, they'll lose control. That's what it's all about. It's always what it's been about. It's what it will always be about. And this is why. Right. Somebody tweeted the other day on uh, Twitter uh, again. Somebody, a UFO activist, she tweeted a uh, retweeted from somebody else that said, that uh, coming soon, Google, and I'll, I'll link that to this to the bottom of the show notes so you guys see I'm not making this shit up, but coming soon, Google is going to add to their algorithm that any talk about UFOs is now going to be labeled in the algorithm as disinformation unless it comes from a military source. You see? You see what's happening? Like we said all along, we said this all along, is that this... We're going to have to move on to Bigfoot now. Yeah, ex or whatever, exactly, right? Because... Or we're going to have to move off these platforms because they're going to just bury us. They will absolutely bury us because we're going to be disinformation. And like if you listen, literally, you go back and you listen to the entirety of our entire catalog, hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of hours at this point of conversation. We're never like emphatically telling you, believe this or do that. Go vote for this guy. Go do that. Never, ever, literally ever. But it doesn't even matter because that's the dangerous conversation because you can open people's minds. Like, uh, like Sherry said in the chat, we're becoming unlocked, right? It's kind of like the cheat code to life, meaning that uh, not that you're going like, to suddenly be super successful by listening to this show, but it will start to make you see the world in different ways, in ways that the powers that be don't want you to see it that way, right? And that's, uh, that's part of it. That's part of it. Dark Devious, as you know, like he's, uh, he said, he's credited me somehow with his, he's, he's gotten into crypto and he's doing decently well. And uh, somehow I've never talked about crypto barely, but you see it like, it like a conversation like this can unlock your brain and make you see the world in different ways and see the possibilities as being not binary, meaning that the masters tell the slaves what to do and the slaves do it. And that's the binary reality that they want us to live in. 
and it's it's just much more complicated than that. Sorry, Jay, go ahead. Well, we could be a little. Well, I mean, we could be a little bit smarter about it. It's like you know, we're slaves. I'm a slave. You know, basically, you know, the only reason why I work is because I have to pay taxes. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I, I'm really now, sorry. At the end of the show, agree. damn it, Mike, I apologize. <laughs> okay. I do, I do, okay. I do, I do. It's okay. It's okay. <clears throat> I, I, I'm lucky. I own my stuff. You know, I, I, I don't mortgage or buy stuff that I can't afford or gamble with money that if I lose it, it's like, well, I had fun anyway. You know, I'm, I'm very fortunate. You know, but well, I'm also almost fifty, but you know, I paid my stuff off retirement package whatever hey man 50 is the new 30 50 is the new 30 if uh, if we can if we can last to be 100 maybe we can uh implant things and uh live to be 500 who knows uh, as, as sherry oh says, no thank exciting you exciting time to be alive <laughs> exciting to be alive. what's up sherry what's up michael i see in the chat and uh facebook there thanks for showing up thanks for hanging out great great uh, conversation now yeah I, I don't know so so what do you think about this stuff uh, as as we wind this down what what do you think about the aliens attacking people and these uh these weird death rays or heat rays or uh you know like uh, something to paralyze people the paralyzation ray what do you think about any all the rest of that stuff well that's what got my brain going on the black goo you know that was going on pretty hot and heavy in the you know late 40s to early 60s in the united states people were getting abducted and everything else like that and then it moved on to cows well i would like to I can't do it with the telephone, but I would like to see like when that moved to Brazil and when they had their numbers or when that moved to, um, you know, Germany, South Africa, wherever, where they had those, are they only allowed to do it in like X amount of space at a time? You know, you guys can go in there and have your free for all. I had a funeral director that came over and wanted to see the old antique, embalming equipment that i had when i bought the house and stuff like that and we went out and had beers afterward and at the end of it he was getting a bit tipsy and stuff like that and he goes there's these beings that come out of the bottom of the earth and they eat our dead that's why we (laughs) preserve them for them and I was like, wow, dude, man. <laughs> we just went off the rails. <laughs> I mean, but it, it was like a peace offering. It's kind of the way that they explained it to him. That's why we bury our dead. That's, uh, it was a, yeah? Why the hell not? Why the hell not? Well, I, but, I mean, that's not even my story. That's just some drunk, stupid story the guy told me in the bar after he bought all my antique and bombing <laughs> tools. Right. I was like, wow, if you just made that up, man, that's wicked cool just to blow my brain up. But if that's true, man, you got my brain going 9,000 different directions right now. And I don't even know what to think. I'm going to have another Jameson's and call it a night, you know? Amen. Amen. Cheers to that. What's up? Hyper Baroque. I see you out there. You added, added me on Twitter recently. How did you find me Hyper Baroque? Just uh, wanted to ask you that. But uh, I saw you pop up last night. I was like, who's this person? And then you followed and followed and followed on different things. So just, uh, just curious. Uh, I see your, your thoughtful chat out there. So just curious how you found us because of course, if uh, we can replicate how people find us, we'll just do more of that. <laughs> that's why I asked that question. Uh, anyway, so uh, let, let's, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's it, right? I think the, uh, the conversation a- as it is, like, like they said back in the fifties, this was called the great conversation. All right. Because there are, there are larger concepts that we are not just a binary slave race type of situation as human beings consciousness and all the rest of this we're not we're not it's not born 
work, pay taxes, die. That's not what this is about. And so largely, as we continue to think about and talk about these things, it's not... It's not that. And so once you start transitioning people's minds off of that, that's when this change can happen, right? The age of Aquarius, like Kelly was saying, uh, like, uh, like Sherry was saying in the Facebook chat there, like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fun time, interesting time to be alive because things are changing. That paradigm is sh- actually shifting. And so hopefully, right, you cross your fingers, we can do it. We can make things better without uh, murdering a ton of people because that's in the past. That's how things had to change, right? That's how things had to change. <laughs> Hyper broke. I can't even remember. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, well, that's that's uh, repeatable. So we'll just do more of that. <laughs> that's why I ask. All right. Anyway. Anyway. So yeah, yeah. Uh, the crazy stuff, right? This is uh, this is crazy stuff. And this is the thing, the great conversation from from uh, from the 50s. And this continues, right? God willing, we got tomorrow and we're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep talking about these things. You can't scare me off. I'm sorry. I'm not intimidated by whatever the hell's going on. I don't care. By by the, the knuckleheads on Twitter that hate me. I don't care. I don't care. Like you, you can raise your voice and call me a racist or whatever you want to do to demean what I'm saying. But I've never, ever, ever been in, in aligned with that stuff. Never. My whole damn life. So, like, you're barking up the wrong tree there. But anyway, yeah, just, just as, a, as an aside, God willing, we got tomorrow. And we're going to keep talking about this stuff because reality is not what it seems, I think. And, uh, you know, and I think you should be able to determine what your reality is. Not what I tell you it should be, what you determine on your own. And uh, that's hopefully what these conversations are about. Let's finish this up, Jay. You got a quote for us tonight? No, yeah, I do. I pondered this one because I was listening to the show all night and I went all over the place looking at all these ones. Nice. I came back and somebody sent one to me when I was all bummed out. And it's, um, I don't know, who's the guy that wrote Winnie the Pooh? Uh, Ronald, Ronald Dahl, I want to say. No, no, that's the uh, the other guy. That's the Charlie and Chocolate Factory. I don't know. I don't know who wrote that. It's who wrote that, but... I, I, I don't know who it is because it's a screenshot of a something else but the awesome thing about Eeyore is that even though he's basically clinically depressed he still gets invited to participate in adventures and the shenanigans with all of his friends they never expect him to pretend to feel happy they never leave him behind or ask him to change they just show him love and just all those guys that are first callers and stuff like that are afraid or something like that just do it Mike will be nice to you I promise there you go. My, uh, even the stupid guy yesterday in the beginning that <laughs> nobody ever talked about again. Uh, nobody you know? ever will. By the way, he's been, uh, he's been redacted from history, by the way. If you go go listen to podcast, he's not even on there. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, like that? Yeah. So, uh, artist working man in radio. There you go. Trim the haters out. Uh, uh, what's up? Uh, NS says, no one hates you, Mike. I'm not so sure about that, brother. There's some... I don't know if it's jealousy. I don't know if it's disagreement. I don't know. You know how people are. People just, like, some people are just predisposed to hate. So, yeah, I have haters. But it's fine. I don't care. Like I said, I'm not intimidated. I'm not scared of these clowns. And that's just the way it's going to be. So we're going to keep talking about this. We're going to keep considering all the things, all the possibilities, including that our whole life could be a psyop, including that. And nobody wants to hear that shit. Well... I think we need to consider it, and uh, that's why we'll keep talking about that 
option of opinion. So there we go. Thanks, Jay, for hanging out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, scouring far and wide. That quote is fantastic. Uh, anybody know who wrote uh, Winnie the Pooh? Anybody know out there? I don't. Not off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. All right. All right. There we go. That's it. Let's finish, Jay. Anything else you got to say, man? Spread it to the world. I don't know. Just keep your mind open. Thinking, you know, question everything. And when you're done, always ask why. There's always going to be a why. Always why. That's all I want to know. There you go. Why? That's a hell of a question. You can't ask why too many times. All right, so as we finish, we're going to be back tomorrow at 7 p.m. Pacific with Ash the Reptilian from Mars. And by the way, I think he's streaming right now. I don't know if he's still going. Uh, looks like he is. So I'm going to link that in the chat. Let's uh, let's go let's go bum rush Ash the Reptilian from Mars and go say hi. Here's his YouTube stream. He's streaming right freaking now. So as we end, I'm going to go jump over there and say hi to him. And if you guys can give him some love, I'd appreciate that. Uh, part of the family, and we'll uh, we'll do it. There it is. There's the link, and uh, you guys know the deal. Be sure, be strong, be true. Thank you for listening. From our trouble winds to yours, have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow at 7 p.m. Should be here with Ash. Let's go say hi to Ash. Tell him we can't wait to see you tomorrow on Troubled Minds, Ash. Let's do it. Thanks again, Jay. Always a pleasure. Everybody else out there, thanks for spending your time with us. I know you could be watching Netflix or taking a nap or doing any other things, and you're here, and I'm honored by that. Thank you so much. See you tomorrow. Have a fantastic night, guys. Now let's go bum rush Ash and tell him, yeah! Off we go. Stuff. <laughs> off we go. What's up, Dark Devious? I see you there. Thanks for hanging out with us. All right, off we go. Let's do it. I got the link in chat. I'm going to drop this. We're going to go say hi to Ash, and uh, we'll see you there. There you go. There you go. All right, killing this Good night, Mike. Right about now. Good night, bro. Catch you later. Thanks, Jay. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details.